0: have to stick together the show where a couple of weirdos talks all about avatar colon the last airbender colon, the avatar chronicles colon, the rise of kiyoshi my name is nobody and i'm joined by the most wanted com- criminal and flying opera company it's vivian how are you today vivian
1: all right that's that's the full title of the book right <laughs> <laughs> yep it surely Look, is we, we've been we've been time traveling so often lately to like uh save recordings that keep getting lost and so it's like it's kind of hard to keep track of like everything in my head at times <laughs>
0: I mean, really, that's not even the full title. I, like, it's,
2: oh, it's God, one of those this things where
0: I separated it down because it it should technically be like Avatar colon The Last Airbender colon Avatar colon The Airbender the the Avatar Chronicles colon Avatar colon The Rise of Kyoshi. Why do they have Avatar in there like Avatar, four times? <laughs> because that's how they format this series. It, every time it's you know it's Avatar colon The Legend of Korra, right? So it's Avatar colon The Rise of Kyoshi. <laughs> It's just that it's got a whole bunch of prefaces before that.
1: <laughs> I, I still feel like they should have just named it like the Rise of Kyoshi and Avatar Story. <laughs> it's like that just, probably would have been better. It, it's it's so less more. It's way less words, and it's like just from the cover, you can probably guess it's not related to the Blue Cat people. Because <laughs> huh. i am honestly trying to think, is there like a third Avatar thing? <laughs> I don't think so.
0: I mm, wouldn't surprise me. Um, okay, yeah, if you look at it on a bookstore listing, the actual title is Avatar, colon, The Last Airbender, M-The Dash Rise of Kyoshi. But that's not... Necess- like, when I say all those things, that might not be the, 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 I don't know, ISBN listing of what the title is, but it is also... All of that stuff is on the cover.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just... Yeah, it looks like... Bl- it's a mess. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there there has to it's like it's like whenever Nintendo does a Nintendo direct and they always are like the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 video game <laughs> where it's like you're you're doing a direct where you're showing up the games releasing on Switch. We don't need you to tell us that it's a video game all the time or call it the Super Mario Wond- Bros Wonder game. It's like we understand it's a video game, Nintendo. Please Knock it off. (laughs) Yeah, but what if they make a Super Mario Bros. Wonder movie? Then you'd need to distinguish. Oh boy. I mean, they could incorporate stuff from Wonder in the sequel that they tease at the end of that movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they tease it with Yoshi hatching or whatever the fuck. I forget if there's something else. I think there is maybe something else. I've never watched it, so I don't know. I I didn't either. I looked at the synopsis just because I was like, how weird is this? And pretty weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and also, because, also like, I mean, I don't know if it's even available on, like, the uh, totally legitimate site I use, but, like, I did not want to actually pay money towards that movie because of them having a fascist in the lead. Yeah, Which that's fair. Bad.
2: Yeah. It's
1: like, God, I just remember that first official trailer where it's like, he is not even trying to sound, like, anything but himself. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. I mm-hmm.
0: I don't think he's got, like, a line and a half in that trailer. It's not...
1: He says Mushroom Kingdom, here I come, but it's, like, he doesn't try to sound anything like what you imagine Mario sound like. He's just doing literally his voice. (laughs) Like, I get that it would also be, like, maybe, like, hey, maybe it's not great if you have a non-Italian person trying to do an Italian accent, because that might be offensive. But, like, he's not even trying at all, in any regard, to sound like what people associate with Mario. Like the the live action Mario Bros movie, at least has like more of a like closer depiction of Mario. <laughs> at least in terms of, uh... oh god, what was that actor's name with the voice? I, I forget. The guy, no I, I think he, I, I think they I think they had him like singing the Do the Mario song at the end of the Mario Bros cartoon as well. I think they
3: brought him back for that <laughs> goofy bit. Huh. I don't know. Uh, we're not here to talk about. It mario where though no we're not we're here to talk
0: about a book this is a first for us
1: yeah which again it's still funny that uh we were talking about how none of the Kyoshi episodes released before the strikes are over and now we had to go back and re-record the first two <laughs> after the strikes yeah, are over yeah
3: <laughs> so um
0: i guess for context for the listeners um we had to go back in time to fix this episode we lost all the audio so now we know that in the future we started reading this book because, you know, at, at the time the actors strikes were ongoing, which I guess is right now time travel thanks. But so we didn't want to work on a new cartoon because we wanted to make sure to support you know the strikes so uh, that the actors we wanted to show solidarity so we picked a book that was kind of in the same wheelhouse, you know, it's a gay yeah. book about a cartoon rather than a cartoon itself. Yeah. And um Well, with our future knowledge, now we know that uh, (laughs) the last episode of Infinity Train comes out the day after the strike's end, so yay! (laughs) maybe not necessarily today, but in the next few episodes, you're going to hear us talk a lot about how we're trying to to stand in solidarity and you should donate to the Entertainment Community Fund, and Mm -hmm. uh, I guess that's all out of date now.
1: Well, it was in it was day and date when we were recording them.
2: It's just it that was, we had a pretty big
1: backlog accumulate over the summer, basically.
0: Yeah, this is kind of the problem with having this big of a backlog as we have. I feel very comfortable with it. I like mm. having this many episodes ahead because it means that we're safe in case something th- happens like, say, for instance, me moving again. Yeah. But it also means that... Uh...
1: <laughs> or, you know, me moving again or getting COVID again or getting homeless again or mm-hmm. getting let go for my job again. I guess that wouldn't actually interfere with the podcast, but, you know, I'm just just reliving all the crap that's happened in the last year. Yeah, it's been a year. <laughs> it sure has. <sighs> yeah. I mean, shit happens, but, you know, at least at least we still had our notes from these two, so it's like we didn't have to, like, re- like at least me, personally, I didn't go back and, like, reread the chapters, because I had my notes, and I still at least remember the basic points that happened in the chapters that we're
3: covering. and to be fair it was also like what was it like um
1: what's it? yeah it was friday evening i think when you told me that it's like oh shit we don't have the audio for these two and it's like oh dang so i would have been on thursday yeah oh thursday yeah yeah. because i
0: edit these the day they go up which is also the day we record
1: them (laughs) yeah
0: yeah, well, I, I basically... don't. I don't edit the one we record that day. I edit mm-hmm. the one we're releasing that day. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I basically just kind of got a little bit busy during Friday and Saturday, so I just didn't also have the time to try to go through them again, even in the audiobook
3: format. That's fair. That's mm-hmm. very fair. I mean, time travel will do that to you, huh? But yeah, no, it it's... sure will. Yeah.
0: Um. So I think, I don't remember if we covered this last time around, but since we have displaced our past selves in order to take over their bodies and record this show, um, do you have a history? I mean, we've talked about Avatar a few times, just mm-hmm. in passing, but like, have, have you, do you have an extensive history with the franchise, the books, uh, the... <laughs>
3: Not,
1: not, not as much of an extensive series because, like, uh, I didn't or an extensive history. I didn't actually end up watching the show, like, at the first one until, uh, when was it? Um, maybe like twenty thirteen. I think is when I finally watched Last Airbender. I definitely fully missed it back when it was airing live. I think it, it might have been like around the time when Korra was in like season two. I think
3: because I never remember.
1: I definitely remember watching Korra season three and four as they were airing like live. But I think yeah, I think maybe I came to it late because like I think a big thing was that I was hearing people talk about Korra and just being like, oh, this isn't nearly as good as Last Airbender because the first two seasons of Korra are rough, <laughs> especially <laughs> this, especially the second one, easily the worst of the four seasons. But like, uh, I, I say seasons, so we know they're called books in the show, but yeah, they're they're seasons. It's just a different word. But uh, yeah, no, I never actually watched it on Nickelodeon back when it was new. So like, I had to like go back to be fair, like, there's a bunch of shows like that that I just had super missed, like, it was like, back in 2021, I think, when I finally watched Cowboy Bebop and film Phil was Brotherhood, as well.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. I just totally missed those, and also, to be fair, I was like, yeah, well, you know, at least I kind of missed FMAB back then, because uh, the voice actor who voices Ed is a sexual predator, so I watched that in Japanese, because I was like, I'm not going to deal with that asshole. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It, it, it's um, a little bit strange in that case because it's like well they live in like basically like alternate germany so then speaking japanese is strange and a little bit but it's like it's an anime what do you expect it's gonna they're gonna say that mm-hmm. <laughs> they're gonna speak japanese no matter where they are if it's made in japan but uh <laughs> yeah i can't wait to be about by in in english but yeah no like i basically just got like kind of fully hooked on to uh last airbender Watching it through, like there's like some episodes that, and also jokes that are like completely made for kids, or just like it's a moral lesson episode. Like, no, nobody likes the Great Divide episode. I'll just say that <laughs> it's a moral lesson episode, and it sucks that none of those characters ever come back in any way, so it doesn't matter. Huh. But yeah, no, overall, it's it's a good show. I I I really like Zuko. Everybody likes Zuko. To be fair, <laughs> that's not <laughs> that's the coldest take ever to say I like Zuko. <laughs> And so, like he's i mean it's like i guess like in a lot of ways it's like it's kind of similar to why i liked hunter a lot back when we covered owl house because like hunter is pretty much just kind of follows the same path as zuko in a lot of ways right i
0: suppose that's fair it can hardly be argued that zuko isn't a bad sad boy
3: yeah he
1: he's kind of a bad sad boy though is the thing He he's he, i mean he's he's antagonistic throughout all of season one basically and then he just kind of fully like and he's a bad sad boy during that and then he just kind of becomes full-on sad boy <laughs> for the rest of the show <laughs> like he loses the bad immediately after season one
3: yeah,
1: yeah no everybody everybody likes uh, zuko everybody likes zyro the the main cast themselves like aside from like Toph, who i have mixed feelings on because Toph is red in the main series but then she becomes a cop <laughs> so that's not great uh i don't know like I, I think it's just because like there's like some supporting characters actually more interesting than the main cast like i like katara and all but yeah but then uh in court is this also like a little complicated in that regard because again it's like you kind of do need to select through one season that's like, okay, this at least had, like, a decent idea, even if the end point is just, eh, I guess we'll just go ahead and ignore the non-vendors overall, and it'll be fine. Because, again, I get that that was, like, designed as a one-off season, so they didn't really have to feel the need to address that stuff, and then they kind of forgot about it for the following season. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, season two is just real bad. <laughs> real rough. <laughs> but then at least season three and four are good. It, it, they actually go in a decent, interesting direction, which I can't go into details of, because I know you haven't seen Seasons 3 and 4 of Korra. That's yeah, true.
0: So and to uh... my
1: history with the
0: series a little bit, I did, I watched the original series in bits and pieces way back in 2006, <laughs> but the thing is, is that back in 2006, there was no, like, you couldn't stream it or whatever, so you yeah. just had to watch what was
1: on, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, Avatar is, like, kind of a interesting situation, because, like, so many, like, cartoons these days, I feel like, are the kind that are, like, designed to not have, like, an overall arcing <laughs> plot, because, like, I mean, I'm mostly thinking of, like, how, like, you know, most episodes of Amphibia are kind of just, like, one-off things that you don't need, like, the full context of the entire show, unless it's, like, you know, like, once, like, we get, like, maybe in, like, the last third of season two, and then most of season three, you kind of need to have the context of what's going on, but, like, that's... At least half the show is like, eh, it's kind of just goofball and stuff for a bit. I have a
0: visceral sense memory of being 15 years old, sitting in the waiting room of the Meps station, which is like a off-base military building where they do Mm -hmm. administrative work and recruitment and stuff. But it's where my dad worked at the time. And I was there to get bagpiping lessons from Captain Nolan, who is a Navy captain who worked in the same building <laughs> and was teaching me for free. And I was I forgot, waiting for him to be I free. Forgot I forgot was... you know
1: how to play the bagpipes. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So I was waiting for him to be free, and then I was um, sitting in the waiting room watching, and the Great Divide came on, and it was the oh, first boy. episode of that show I've <laughs> seen, and
1: and then you were being like what the fuck is this show fuck this i don't
0: know what's happening i don't like it very much can i please just yeah. get to my lesson i and
1: like, i like i want to say isn't that like episode six of the show as well it's yeah, like it's really pretty early in there it's really early yeah it's like as soon as they like, get to like the earth kingdom area like they're just basically traversing over that to get to the northern water tribe <laughs> Uh, yeah
0: yeah. if i would guess that that's probably why it's such a weak episode is because it's early enough in the series that they haven't really figured out what's going on with them
1: yeah like because like i don't even think at that point you've seen avatar roku i think yeah you think he's introduced in like episode 8 or 9 when ang talks to him in like the solar eclipse or whatever or whatever the solstice i think it's like a few episodes after that but it's like especially with like how like The first few episodes are like obviously like the like two-part intro and then like i think the kyoshi warriors episode is like episode four it's also really early but then you get the great divide and like of all those of all those really interesting cool episodes that establish like the world and stuff like that early on for you to get the
3: worst one (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah, from there i
0: went and eventually saw the rest of the series in bits and pieces because you know i've had a lot of sitting in that specific waiting room to do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and um i think it was really the comics that got me involved in the series as a whole because the comics i don't know if you know this are very good so
1: yeah but... i i i do i don't have owned any of the uh last year bender comics i have all the Korra ones honestly i haven't actually read them all. <laughs> like i read the first one of uh turf wars but like yeah i don't i don't have any of the uh, ang ones, but I do know the context of them, like how they go and look for like Zuko's mom. Also, I I was well, slightly that's sort of one of the books. There's quite a few. yeah, yeah. I was wrong. The Great Divide is episode eleven, but like okay. in the in the first ten though, you obviously have the two part intro. You have the Severn Air Temple, which establishes that yeah, well, everybody I knew was dead because you see their skeletons. Then you have the Warriors of the kyoshi Then you have King Romashu when we meet Bumi. You have uh, Imprisoned, which I think that's the one when uh, Katara gets herself sent to that like offshore rigging thing or whatever and has to like lead a rebellion of the Earthbenders. And then Winter Solstice part one and two are seven and eight. The water bending scroll is like which one? That's not. uh All oh, right, that's when they steal the water bending scroll. Right, right, yeah. I, I was, I was thinking that was the, uh the one with uh Bato, but no, Bato's later on, and that's how they find out about like how there was something. Uh, right, I think there's something related to warbending scroll there. And then episode ten is Jet. You know, when we're, we're introduced to like Jet trying to do a terrorism. So it's like there's so many episodes there that are so much more interesting. And you get the Great
3: Divide of all episodes. <laughs> God, yeah. yeah. Um... So more to the point, I guess. Um, the, the comics are
0: very clever, self-contained stories mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, if you have all of the Koro comics, then that means you have the one where they introduce the straight machine. Uh, yeah,
2: yep. Yeah.
1: You definitely have mentioned the 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 straight machine to me before. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. I um, think that might be. I think ever since you mentioned that, that might also be why I've been like, yeah. You know, at times, I was like, maybe I should actually read these. And then you mentioned the straight machine, and I was like, maybe not. <laughs> sorry yeah you know it it just it sucks especially because like i remember that first Korra comic also is like tries to do a lot to help like broaden the amount of queer people in Korra because like that's where it establishes that like ang's like daughter uh kaya is a lesbian and also that like there's a history of like queer people especially across like the era nomads and stuff you know trying to like fix what nickelodeon didn't let them get away with in the show <laughs> But then you're telling me that there's this machine that makes Asami straight by brainwashing her or whatever torture is like, that's that's bad. I don't like that. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, it is in the interest of a queer narrative, if that helps, because, of course, the whole point is that, like, he, uh, Korra and Asami are in love. And oh, mm-hmm. no, Asami's straight now. And so Korra has to fight to get her back and save her or whatever. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's torrid romance drama.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I get that. It's just horrid
0: romance drama under the lens of conversion therapy that actually works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, just, it, it's just weird. It's 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 a choice they made. <laughs> I don't know if you've read it, but have you touched
0: uh, Chuck Tingle's Camp Damascus?
1: No, I actually haven't read any of Chuck Tingle's books, which we discussed before.
0: <laughs> okay, well, because Camp Damascus is not what he's normally yeah known yeah for, it's, it's, it's not his
1: whole like fucked in the butt by the uh living abundant of capitalism or whatever it is
0: <laughs> yeah no it's it's a legit horror novel but it focuses on a very similar issue it's like a extreme fascist conversion oh. camp that is turning people straight and one of the primary dramas is the main character and her ex-girlfriend who like used to love each other but now they can't because one of them got hit by this conversion camp and they have to like fight through it and figure out what their deal is it's 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 very much the same material but i feel like it's handled a little bit better so
3: okay yeah
1: yeah because because like it's not like how it's like oh okay like they were gay and now one of them got like conversion camped into being like yep no i'm straight i'm straight now goodbye forever kind of deal like it's more like they were like trying to still process what they went through yeah it's
0: more like oh no i've been conversion camped and they grafted a demon into my soul and now every time i think about girls i start barking locusts
1: yeah you know that's maybe a little bit of a problem
0: (laughs) yeah it's a a horror novel if that's not clear
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't to be fair, you didn't put that full context of like they grafted the demon to my soul, so I
3: barf locates if I ever had gay thoughts. <laughs> uh-huh. Hmm. But yeah, um, so I guess for
0: the listeners, on the off chance that you have not seen any avatar material, this has been a whole lot of nonsense.
2: So <laughs> uh
0: Baseline summary, Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is a TV show created by uh, Michael Dante DiMartino and uh, I forgot the name of the other guy. Uh, I, of course, always
3: get the one that I can't pronounce the name. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: Uh, Yes, so Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian, I believe that's Konietzko. Um, They created this world. It's extraordinarily asian inspired essentially Mm -hmm. in this world there are four different countries that comprise the entire world i'm aware there's they're just really big land masses don't worry about it Uh, each of which has a natural affinity with a specific one of the four primary elements earth water fire and air and right off the bat you see that it's not a hundred percent like there's definitely a lot of asian inspiration here But that's not the classical panoply of Asian elements. You know what I mean? (laughs)
1: Yeah, usually there's five, and like, I always forget which one of those four isn't there, but metal and wood are the other two that are there instead. Yeah. mm Because, like, is it water that's not in the classical?
0: I truly do not know.
1: That's. Hang on, let me me see, just to
3: be sure. Yeah.
0: um, Roughly speaking, each nation is based on um, a different Asian culture, which is probably it, it's a little it's more unacceptable today than it was in the early 2000s when the show came out but the show mm-hmm. was good enough that people seem to be mostly okay with it anyway so
2: yeah eh, okay that's kind I, of I was, a hand
0: wave
2: <laughs> yeah
1: i was partially correct it's wood fire earth metal and water like like air air is not in there and uh it's wood and metal that are in there but yeah like i was already gotcha yeah i was just incorrect thinking it was water that was the one omitted. Um,
0: The primary drive of the series is based around bending, which is to say people who can magically create and or control the elements that they are associated with. Generally, people only get to do one of those elements, except for the avatar, who is a magical spirit being, uh, also a human uh they get all four of them and uh they're also like a ghost in human flesh so it's their job to keep the spirit world in balance with the mortal world and that is the basis of the series
1: and the avatar keeps like reincarnating in new forms yes every time the like...
0: avatar dies they reincarnate in a new form yeah uh it follows a specific pattern based on which nation they come from
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh yeah that's Obviously, highly contested, and everybody wants to find it because everybody wants to control them because the avatar bees the most powerful person on the planet. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or you know, occasionally just kill them instead of control them. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, actually, often ends up being that somebody wants to kill them rather than actually try to control them or agree with them or work yeah. with them. There's always usually somebody out there
3: calling for their blood. <laughs> <laughs> And it never goes well for any of them. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, I you guess know, it went well for of... Code the Face Dealer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of the stuff that's
0: been issues with Avatar has been well. Mostly, it revolves around white people doing this highly Asian-inspired work. Like, for instance, Mae Whitman, we know as the voice of Amity, of course is also the voice of one of the main characters in the Avatar cartoon, who is, uh, well, she's from the Inuit-inspired continent, and May Whitman is not that. So you see, it's it's just like a whole lot of that. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah,
1: like, it's a little complicated as a result, but I mean, also, to be fair, Avatar's kind of had a complicated history throughout all of its portrayals, because the live action movie was dreadful and couldn't even get Aang's name correct. And also, they... They definitely also had white actors playing Asian characters in that, which was also bad. And as we were talking about at a different point, the guy who plays Sokka in the new live action yeah, As Netflix, we were so, talking so, about 10 weeks from now in the future. Yeah, okay, look, <laughs> <time>. <laughs> But yeah, uh, he's he's not actually.
3: Yeah, like, he's, he's a white okay guy like, who yeah. got his
1: name onto a list of indigenous
3: people to play mm-hmm. the part. Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> yep. Sucks. Yep. But, thankfully, we don't need to deal with all that, because today
0: we're reading a book, so... uh... Yay!
1: We're so far divorced from all that crap, because we're doing this, like, 300 years prior.
0: (laughs) Yes, indeed. This is a prequel to everything I just told you. Kind of. All those nations and stuff are still here. It's... You know what? I didn't actually tell you anything about the main series itself, so this isn't a prequel to anything
1: I told you, it's just set in that (laughs) world. Well, we talked about, like, characters like Aang and Katara and Korra. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: They aren't around it yet. Okay. Um.
0: So, yes. Avatar, colon, The Last Airbender, for some reason, M-The Rise of
3: Kyoshi by uh. FCE.
0: <laughs> FCE uses he, him pronouns, so for the record, that's how we will be referring to him.
2: Oh, I didn't like know that
0: it also mentions that the book is written with avatar co-creator michael dante dimartino uh i don't know how true that is because i'm just gonna dive right in here in the foreword, michael dante dimartino mentions uh when i read this book for the first time which tells me he didn't actually write it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it might have been like okay he offered like some like pointers in terms of like okay what was the world like at this point in time in terms of like keeping it canonical or something
0: I I would have to assume so because yeah it's very the foreword is a lot of talk about how frustrating it can be to hand off your work to someone else to just let them do what they need to with it mm-hmm. and it it's not i guess not frustrating but terrifying exactly because they're trying to hold to the the canon, the brand, so to speak, and it's, I don't know, it's not a, it's kind of a nothing forward that you have to put in here because he created the series. It's its only there because of that.
3: <laughs> yeah. Is, is there
1: one of these in uh, The Shadow of Kiyoshi? I honestly do not remember. I'd imagine that there's probably at least one in Dawn of Yang Chen, right? <laughs> I don't think there was, no. Huh. I guess this was the first one, so maybe they didn't have to feel the need yeah. to do all of them.
0: So this is the first book out of a four-book series, though frustratingly enough, it is separated. So the way it works is that the first two books are about uh, the character who it's named after, Kiyoshi. The second two books are are about Yang Chen, who uh, died, I want to say, about 45 years before this book starts. So they're technically Probably, yeah. prequels to the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, with that, let's go ahead and dive in. My chapter this week is called The Test. And for those who listen to The Axe Files, it is actually called The Test. The chapters have titles. I didn't call it
1: that. <laughs> oh, I did. I also was looking this up, just looking at FCG's entry in the Avatar Wiki. Apparently, there is another book coming out that is not written by him, The Reckoning of Roku. And like he also said that if he was to return for Avatar, he would focus on Ava- Avatar Setsu. I think is that how you pronounce his name. The Fire Nation guy That's, before Yangtze. I'm aware of Setso, yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to remember like who he was, because I think we only see him in like a brief flashback in the show overall. Yeah.
3: Interesting. I did recently read
0: uh, Yi's other books, The Epic Crush of Genie Lowe and The Iron Will of Genie Lowe, and, um,
3: you know, it, it's good YA fiction. Uh, It's not gay, so I'm not... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: But, I don't know, it's fine. Um, high schooler discovers that she's the reincarnation of the... Ah, I'm sorry, I I might as well get this up front, but mm-hmm. obviously neither one of us is Asian. Uh, we don't speak any of the no, languages here. We're going to we, do our best, but there's going to yeah, be stuff we do wrong, and I'm sorry in advance.
1: Yeah, we, we've established in the past that we are two of the whitest people around. <laughs> it's true, yes. Like, but to try and finish
0: I, the sentence, I was going to say, "Is teen girl discovers she's the reincarnation of the Rui Jinggu Bang? If I am saying that correctly, which is the legendary weapon that the Monkey King used when oh, the Monkey right. King shows up and I think, I think asks it's her like, to tear down heaven with
1: him. I think it's like Ryuji Bang. I think is how you pronounce it. That's
0: I'm trying three to remember
2: words,
1: in particular. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember how it's, like, written out, so I was trying to remember just based on the top of my head there. Because, like, my my bad point of reference there is that's also the name of the weapon of the monkey guy that's based on the Monkey King in Ruby, and I hate it. <laughs> it's fucking, yeah. Oh, right, I, I think it's because they call, like, his different staff parts uh, Ryuji Bang and Jingu Bang, I think is what they do that in the show. That's why I was thinking that. Hmm but yeah no sucks that show is huh. bad don't don't watch ruby yeah <laughs> i might have i might be coming off of exactly like 24 hours of including that show in terms of how to do bad queer representation in my uh admissions paper for college so maybe that's why i'm, I'm focusing on that fucking show yeah, no terrible.
0: you'll learn about that in a couple of weeks
1: <laughs> <laughs> god damn it <laughs> fuck i can't keep track of stuff <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, the Genie that. Lo books are a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of... Uh, it doesn't quite go the same way the Kiyoshi books do in terms of, like, fear of everything, basically. Mm-hmm. But it is very much a, a immigrant story. Her parents are separated, and now she's been given all this power, and there's demons everywhere, and... You know, a lot of uh, really nice pg-13
1: skull-splitting gory action <laughs> Com- compared to the stuff that we'll get up to in some weeks in this
3: yeah
0: if you want to read a book about a teenager who can you know grow so large and use her incredible strength to rip the heavens out of the sky then the epic will of genie lo <laughs> is for you
1: Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, if only she were gay. Um, yeah, <laughs> if only! So, the test. <laughs> uh, we open in Yokoya Port, which is um, it's a little port town near the end of the Earth Kingdom, and that's like the furthest, most forgotten part of the Earth Kingdom. And uh, Jianju is our opening character here. He sort of wonders if the ships that are in the port are, like, just loaded down with riches because the city itself is just incredibly poor. The only thing they really do is, like, serve as a port for ships and also gut fish. That's the entire town. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they try to the farm, but it doesn't go that great usually.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's uh, the soil is bad. uh Zhu is very concerned to see how poor the crops are doing as he comes through here. Because, uh, they don't have, like, any kind of fertilized soil, basically. They're they're just stuck with the sea salt dirt, and, you know, salt dirt doesn't grow very well. Um, but yeah, Jonju sort of thinks about, as he's going through this area, that it's like... You know, in the Ba say Se, there's an entire order of people dedicated to, like, making sure the plants grow in specific ways, and maybe we should get that going on here. But, uh, yeah... This 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 sort of city town whatever you want to call it it's sort of stuck in the middle of the border of three different nations it's the earth nation the air temples question mark Wait. and the water tribes territory <laughs> the, the, the official
1: is air nomads yeah
0: well air nomads what? is the people but what is the the country
1: they they still call them the air nomads empire that's sure. not a country that's a people i know <laughs> look Hang on, let me let me check this for sure. Uh, Fire Nation's avatar, because obviously Warrior Tribe is right, Earth Kingdom is right, Fire Nation. Yeah, no, they just call them Air Nomads. They don't call them like Air Temple or Air Monks or anything. <laughs> Air Nomads is what they call the that nation.
0: Yeah. So right off the bat, this this claim does seem a little strange because they don't the Air Nomads don't really have territory, and yet we're on their border. So.
1: And yet they also do because they have the temples. Like, yeah, it's... but
0: the temples are just temples, you know. They're, they're, it's not like they control the land all around for miles. It's
1: true, but like they usually are at the temples themselves because, like, it's it's kind of a thing that comes up later on in Korra that, like, yeah, the Air Nomads aren't really actually nomadic. <laughs> I mean, they used to be at some point, and then they built the temples and kind of just settled down, but kept the name
3: for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um. So, the people of Yokoya basically don't get
0: involved in the world at all because even though they're at this intersection of nations, they're so far away from everything because it's like the, the intersection of nations they're at is like the worst possible place that no one wants to go to. It's just they're in Florida, basically.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh huh. Well, the problem is that people actually do want to go to Florida because they like okay, Disney Okay, they're in and all Florida, state.
0: but there's no Disney World.
1: <laughs> okay, well, people still like going to Florida because of a certain uh, criminal president that lives there. <laughs> yeah, well. Mm-hmm.
0: Criminal president hasn't moved to Geokoya yet. Um,
3: yeah, you know, maybe give it
0: time, hopefully. <laughs> that's a joke that y'all will get in eight weeks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Time travel's great. Um, <laughs> That's very confusing. Like, if you didn't say <laughs> I hadn't mentioned at this point, going, like, my idea of going back to college for a master's next fall, <laughs> I would not have actually remembered it all that I didn't cover it during the Infinity Train stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> uh, but yes, um,
0: so ultimately, the, the Yukoya is basically ignored and despised and that makes it perfect for the thing that Jonju and
3: Kelsong are here to do because they're going to do a blasphemy real quick um Jianju sort of trudges up the hill uh,
0: he he's getting to the city and it's snowing and he's miserable and it's just terrible he he briefly passes like the it's a spiritual center is what it calls it, but it's like a totem that is dedicated to the spirits of the village, and this is fully just a log that has been driven into the ground. Normally they're carved or decorated or something, but uh no, this time it's just a log. Uh, the villagers of Yukoya seem to have some resentment against the spirits, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but... Janju sort of... Uh, he... he- fires off a quick prayer to whatever spirit guides this city, and then heads inside to the, um, sorry, to the town meeting hall. It's, uh, he claimed yesterday that he needed as much floor space as he possibly could, but honestly it was just the nicest building, and he wanted to have the nicest building while he's in town, so he kind of just <laughs> took it over. Um,
3: Everyone inside,
0: does. it's, uh, it's a big, nice wood building, um, just draped in furs and very uh, faded trees. But more to the point, they've got these stuff um, all over the floor, long yellow cloths just covered with toys and, toys and toys and toys and toys and toys. And there's a description of what those toys might be. I'm not going to read every single one of them, but I do love uh, one of those flappy drums that made noise as you spun it back and forth. Uh, that's yeah. a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: It's also interesting that, like, these toys just exist for so long, since these are the ones later on that we see in that flashback of Aang having picked the four that matter. Mm -hmm. And I still wonder if the Fire Nation just destroyed them all.
0: (laughs) One must assume.
1: Um, I mean, they were probably still at the Air Temple when they did their whole uh, genocide and everything, so potentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably. Unless they were in one of those secret locked rooms.
1: Oh, that's true. They do have the rooms that you need airbending to open up. So yeah, maybe they put them in there for safekeeping. Mm-hmm. And that's always, like, something also incredibly wild to remember that all the kids show. They just straight up say that there was a genocide that was done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know,
2: kid stuff. <laughs>
0: um. So Kelsong is already here. Uh, Kelsong is an airbender monk. He is also truly gigantic. He's like six and a half, seven feet tall, and built like a pro wrestler. It's ridiculous. (laughs) But he is also incredibly precise. He's out laying out more and more of these toys and just being extraordinarily careful about how he positions them. And on hands and knees, he's just crawling all over to the degree that his beard is just dragging the floor and sweeping as he goes. That's got to be a pain to brush
1: out, but... (laughs) Uh (sighs) Yeah, I've, I've never had, like, any sort of, like... Long facial hair of any sort. When I was still thinking I was this and all, I, I to be fair, like the most I ever would go was like two weeks before I was like, this is just fucking annoying. i want to get rid of this. <laughs> I tried that I mean, once. I wore back a full in...
0: beard for several years, but it was never got like this long. This is
1: yeah, yeah. No, like it, the the most I ever had was just like that, and it's like to be fair, that's mostly still just like peach fuzz. That's just scratchy and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, now
3: I literally get because of electrolysis. Yay! Uh,
0: I don't know. I really wish... Because I don't mind having a beard, right? I kind of like the way <laughs> it looks. But also, I hate having to grow a beard. I wish it was just like an accessory I could slap on my face and be done.
1: <laughs> yeah, you want, you want to go into the character edit, edit screen and just yes, uh, exactly. slap it on. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You know, just go, just go so to the, nice. go to the respect character in dark souls around the ring and just we're like, okay, I, I'm tired of magic. I'm going to try using uh, miracles for a while and also using an actual sword and all. And also, can we just like change the gender stuff entirely? Okay. Thanks. <laughs> it's always never so funny. I need that...
0: a gender coffin. I'm good. I just need
1: a, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. God, the gender coffin is such a funny thing. <laughs> That's just I <laughs> I th- I think, I, th- if I'm remembering correctly, it's only in Dark Souls 2 as well. It's it's not even in all the games. It's just that there's, like, the one in, like, the start of the Dark Souls 2. But <laughs> people know about the gender cop because it's, it's so wonky. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That, that, it, it was, like, in later games. I think you can, like, fully change everything at the respect character.
3: Yeah. Um... So Jonju
0: admits that he didn't realize there were this many toys and Kelsong says actually this is only a small percentage of them there are thousands of these things and uh I would ask you to help set him up but you would do it wrong so I won't <laughs> um John ju really gets in his head about this he's bothered by the fact that Kelsong thinks he would do something wrong but in order to avoid starting a fight he like uh he asks how uh Abbot Dorje like changed his mind about giving them the relics, and the answer is uh, they didn't. They just <laughs> stole them. They stole all these precious relics. Um,
1: yeah, you know, with the saying, it's always like it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's, uh, the thing is, though, is that they were both friends of this guy Avatar Kurik, who was, of course, the last Avatar, and uh, he was the keeper of balance and bringer of peace, and he also died at age
3: thirty-three. Yep. Rip. <laughs> yep he got
1: he got told he was the avatar like maybe like age 16 or something roughly and then like he only got to do that for like half his life before he fucking Mm -hmm. died because because he fucked with code the face dealer
0: (laughs) yeah you find out you're the avatar at age 16 unless you figure it out yourself so realistically speaking he was the avatar for one year more than he wasn't
1: yeah, like, like some people, like Korra, figure it out when she's, like, four, because Korra figures out that she can bend muscle elements, but, like, Aang Ang was told when he was, like, 10 or 11 because of the Fire Nation stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, typically speaking, it's usually, like, more like, yep, once you get to be, like, I, I guess, like, to be fair, like, at this point, they're looking for, like, seven-year-olds to try to figure out if they have a the Avatar, even if they don't show signs of being it, other than with this toy test, but, Yeah, yeah but they like,
0: wouldn't necessarily tell the kid that. Yeah,
1: true. They're not telling people, like, what the purpose of this is, really, but, uh... Yeah, for sure. It is still a case of, typically speaking, they wait until later on, unless it's, like, pretty fucking obvious, because the kid is, like, firing multiple elements at their faces.
0: <laughs> and then there's folks like Yang Chen, who just, like, suddenly get possessed by past avatars all of a
1: sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you told me about that, and that sounds horrible. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Yeah, it's 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 it's
0: great. She can just like have a strong emotion and then suddenly she's Avatar set so and she can't do anything about it. Fun. Because the oh, yeah, ghosts would... of her past lives haunt her forever.
1: Yeah. Don't you just love having your uh sense of self ripped away by somebody else? <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: Yay. Uh, I also had I also had to look it up as part of that paper that I was writing just because I mentioned uh Avatar in general and how like some of the queer representation they can be a little mixed especially because, like, the main shows don't really have as much, but the mm-hmm. other novels have. And I actually did look it up just to make sure with Yang Chen. I didn't realize that there's a reading of Yang Chen that she's Ace arrow. Which is oh, yeah. I thought I said that. No, she's... Maybe you did, yeah. but maybe I'm maybe I'm just forgetting. To be fair, I haven't actually, like, listened to any of that audiobook or read any of it, so I was like, oh, I was just, like, drawing a blank on Yang Chen because I wanted to just, like, bring up more examples for I mean, other she's characters.
0: she's definitely arrow. She's an airbender. Who could be more aerodynamic? <laughs>
1: God damn it. <laughs> See, at, at first I thought you were going with the like, okay, the arrow tattoos, and then you did the arrow dynamic, and like,
3: fuck. <laughs> God damn it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Ace arrow. <laughs> Ace aromatic. <laughs> Meanwhile, my idiot, my stupid internet poison
1: brain can't help but also think about uh how like you know any like Hall member who has like small boobs on their model, or he's like that's not I'm not flat, I'm aerodynamic <laughs> or hydrodynamic <laughs> in Goro's case, and it's like it's bad. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So the the point is that Korok was the avatar, and he died young and. Jianju and Kelsong were his friends, and now they are deciding that it's their job to find the new avatar. Because for whatever reason, it's not working. It's been seven years since Kurik died, and uh, for some reason, none of the systems that locate the avatar are functioning. They've all got these... every nation has their own way of doing things, which for Earth Kingdom is, like... wild? but we don't get the description of it yet. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I kind of don't like that they just, like, kind of just... Because it's like, they, you mentioned, like, geomancy or something, right? And then they don't, estap- like, elaborate on yep. what the fuck they do to figure it out. And it's like, oh, no, give me that. Give me that. Give me the, like, six or seven pages of just explaining this fucking process. I want to know
2: that.
0: Yeah, we'll get it in a moment. But for now, all we know is that the Earth Kingdom method has failed. And, uh no one knows why and the world is kind of shuddering because of it because people are thinking that maybe the earth kingdom is falling apart or maybe the the water tribes are like interfering with the process somehow or you know the airbenders need to get involved and actually do something instead of just preaching it's it's very the world is on the brink and uh junzu doesn't actually care about all, any of that he's mostly upset that like no, Kurok is our friend. We should be able to find him. Like, even if it's not him, this is... If, if we can't find him, then we're failing our buddy.
1: Oh boy, you're gonna fail your buddy in way more ways, Jianju in the coming weeks. Ugh. <laughs> uh,
0: oh boy. Like, because they promised Kurok that they would find the next Avatar and take care of them. And, and make sure that they were, like, safe and healthy. But, uh, they haven't been able to do that. So, they're breaking their promise to their buddy. And uh, <laughs> but yes, so there should be a seven-year-old avatar somewhere in the world, but they can't find them. But right as it meets uh, noon o'clock, uh, Kelsong finally finishes setting up the toys, and outside, villagers and their children start queuing up to do this test. Um, and
3: then we get yeah, just did...
0: the briefest definition of how the Earth Kingdom does uh,
1: finding avatars. Sorry, I just wanted to, like, briefly just mention that it's, like, it's so interesting how they're, like, it's been seven years since Kurok died and the world's gone to shit. And meanwhile, like, there's, like, uh at least, like, 11 or 12 years that pass when Roku passed away before they tell Aang he's the Avatar and the world doesn't descend more into chaos. (laughs) I mean, I I know it's already going kind of bad because the Fire Nation's up to some shit, but, like... It's not like it's, like, them acting like it's the end of the fucking world as we know it (laughs) compared to that. Well, that's different,
0: though, because they know who the Avatar is. Even if that kid doesn't know, the world knows that the Avatar has been located and is being trained.
1: I guess, like, maybe, like, the the sages do know it, I guess, at that point, they only tell them ahead of time because of the Fire Nation starting to escalate stuff, but, like... It's, yeah, it's, it's still interesting. It's, I guess maybe there's just not enough time between when, like, Aang passes away and when they tell Korra, because Korra fight, figures it out when
3: she's four. Well, yeah, but that's because Korra figured out the elements when she was four. <laughs> they established like, Republic City and all, so it's, like, things are at least pretty stable, so it doesn't immediately go to
1: hell as soon as Aang dies at the age of, like, 66 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. She dies really young,
3: at least for Avatarists. Well I that's a thing we've had before. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah, I don't remember. to re litigate it because they're
1: like, well, he technically still like had his like soul age in the ice when he was frozen for like 100 years. Is well, the, is a reason why he like passes away at an earlier age than most avatars. The
0: thing is, is that avatars normally just have a human lifespan. Kiyoshi mm-hmm. is a special exception. Yeah,
1: Kiyoshi Kiyoshi's exception. Not... not everybody normally. But like to be fair, like most avatars still live to be in like their like eighties or so on average. Because yeah. like Roku was like eighty or something when he passed away, and like
3: I don't. How old was Yang Chen when she passed away? Do you know? Uh, no idea. Hmm. The uh, books do not in fact cover that. Uh, maybe maybe the
1: wiki says I wanna see without spoiling stuff. Uh do she's seventeen at the start of the book. Do you know what year that book starts in? Because it says she passed away in three
3: forty five BG. Uh no, I'm sorry to say that I don't. Hmm. Um uh, let's see, does it say anywhere to do? Um Hmm. Uh doesn't to see. Look like
1: it. I don't think they say in the in the wiki when she was born. <laughs> nope. Wait, wait, wait. Uh does it say when Setso died? Nope. Sure doesn't. <laughs> Sorry <Setso died. laughs> <laughs> to use that logic of like, okay, that might have been the same time she was born, obviously, but no. <laughs> uh alright, well, whatever. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Aang's, Aang's still not like terribly old when he passed away because of that reasoning. But yeah. Uh. Yeah. um
0: at any rate at this point we get a description a brief description of how you find the earth avatars it's, it's essentially it's called directional geomancy and it's a series of rituals that you do over maps which they're like they do this set of trigrams which get interpreted by the Earth bending masters which trigrams are like you know triangle shaped pieces that you cast it's kind of like Throwing runes, if you're looking at it from a Norse perspective, and um, by interpreting these trigrams, uh, they're able to rule out half of the lo- of the kingdom. Like, and then you do that again and again and again, and eventually you just zoom right in on the avatar. Except this time it's not working. It's it's so not working. Jonju has been gone. Like all over the world, including to the North Pole, because of these trigrams, they're yeah, him
1: him just on an iceberg with like some like uh God, I'm trying to remember what the penguins are called in this fucking series. Uh, Uh, it says
0: turtle seals here.
1: Oh, turtle seals! I was thinking of the the platypus penguins or whatever it is that they ride in like the very first episode of the Uh... show. (laughs) (laughs) What what were Uh, they? Not platypus. What were they? I think they were seals. I think they were seal penguins. Were they seal penguins? uh other fields. other penguins. That's where. penguins yeah i had to look it up by typing penguin avatar <laughs> yeah that's another
0: thing that i forgot to mention earlier all the animals yeah. in this world are hybrids except for like a couple specific ones
1: yeah and I, I yeah i totally forgot that these penguins have like four flippers and also the only part of otter in them is they have the otter whiskers
3: <laughs> well they slide on their bellies like otters you know <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's like the only part of other in them. <laughs> but yes. um, So they have they have like every
0: friggin master in the entire Earth Kingdom try this trigram, and that's why jonju has been all over the place, but it just doesn't work. It, no one has been able to figure it out. So Jonju and Kelsong get drunk because they miss their buddy and they're desperate and but they come up with this, like, all right, if the Earth Kingdom's nation, if the Earth Kingdom's method of finding the Avatar isn't working, then what if we do one from a different mess, a different nation? So let's try the Air Nomad method. And all right. Yeah, it's a little bit blasphemy.
1: But if it works, who's going to complain? Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like more blasphemy in the eyes of like Earthbenders or whatever and not necessarily. Like, the Aero Nomads would probably be fine, just being like, yeah, you found the Avatar, alright, cool. Good job. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I certainly don't think the Avatar would care.
1: No, I mean, you you tell, like, a seven-year-old kid, like, hey, guess what, you're the most potent person in the world, and also you can invent all the elements, and uh, you're gonna be, like, a real cool person. I don't think most kids are gonna be, like, miffy, like, oh, man, I wanted to just be an accountant. <laughs> well, I mean, again, they're not gonna tell the seven-year-old. They I might guess, tell the yeah, parents, but... but... Yeah, but like when they find out later on, they're not going to be myth being like, "Man, again, I wanted to be an accountant, but I guess I got to be the avatar now." They might be. Some people have not wanted to be avatars. (laughs) I I guess I guess to be fair, yeah, I never actually wanted to be the avatar. (laughs) Yang Chen doesn't really seem to want to be the
2: avatar either. Nah,
1: meanwhile Core fights an incredibly fucking dope.
0: To be fair, Yang Chen mostly doesn't want to be the Avatar because it means she has to do, like, political machinations and she'd rather be out there helping people.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, there's there's that aspect of it. Especially because, like, the Avatar kind of has to be, like, a neutral party in a lot of cases and it's, like, you really can't play favorites or anything or do a whole lot in terms of, like, basically just being like, look, I just want to help my people out. (laughs) Now you're telling (laughs) me I have to help everybody and meanwhile, like, this group of people suck, but I guess I gotta.
0: (laughs) and I'm just saying the Yang Chen novels are great
1: because uh,
0: the entire premise is that they decided as a, like, world to try, hey, what if we had this place where it was an international place and we did a capitalism there? And then Yang Chen goes there to smash it up because people are basically enslaved and she hates capitalism, so.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a fun time. Um. But no, so this is why Kelsong and Janju are here in Yokoya, is to try this Air Nomad test in a place that no one would ever notice. Like, if it works, then maybe they could try and convince people to try it other places. And I guess by if it works, I mean if it doesn't cause any major problems and there's no earthquakes or whatever, because if they find the Mm. Avatar, then they wouldn't need to keep doing it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yes. So the idea is that every seven-year-old child in the village is going to be brought in and they will look at all of the playthings and uh, the one who is attracted to four specific toys will, like, remember, is an indication that they sort of remember their past life as an avatar. It's very much the same test that you use to determine the new Dalai Lama, or at least one of them. But, uh,
3: practically speaking, it's much
0: worse than that. It does not go the way anything wants to but uh the thing is is that the kids come in and they pick their toys and if they pick the wrong toys then they fail the test and then you have to try and get the toys back from these kids
1: yep uh-huh yep uh-huh if you all it's like there's like a thousand toys why would you not just be like okay well uh you got to keep that toy but that's it all right later it's like just let them keep the toy what's the fucking matter <laughs> it's not the well I think toy. it's
0: important because like if some of the toys are very obviously older than others, then that is an indication, right? Mm-hmm. So I think they have to keep the same set of toys together, or
1: else, you know? I I, guess, I mean, I guess you might eventually get to the point, hypothetically speaking, if you don't find the one kid that picks the, the right four toys, that you might be reduced to just those toys. And uh-huh. then be like, well, I guess by proximalization, this kid must be the Avatar, because they picked the last four remaining toys, which are the correct ones. Yeah, then you might pick the wrong kid as an Avatar. What a disaster. Hmm, yeah, you know, that who could who could actually have that happen at all in this series? Uh that'd be awful and cause <laughs> problems. Definitely not at all foreshadowing here. <laughs>
0: yeah. But um worse than that though, is the parents, because like uh a lot of the people in this village are not happy. They they've come to see that their child is the most important person in the world, just like they've always known, and uh when somebody says that, actually, no, your kid's not the most important child, then they get <laughs> super upset. <sighs> There's a description here of parents like swearing up and down that they've seen their kids do airbending or whatever. And Killsong has to, like, are you sure it wasn't just the wind? Are are, are you sure it wasn't the wind? But uh, nobody really is able to figure it out. Oh, so you know who the, uh, the avatar
3: is.
1: <laughs> hmm? Oh, so you know who the avatar is? <laughs> of course, I know who the avatar is. I know everything. <laughs> yeah, but but you said nobody is able to figure it out. <laughs>
2: yeah, I had to get the I'm joke saying, in nobody myself. I, nobody always. I, I
1: I accidentally said that the joke so often, and you knocked the pins down. I had to actually take a swing for it once. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate,
3: um, the, the the
0: leader of the village, who it's referred to as the village captain. I don't know what that
1: means exactly. Yeah, they they don't really have like a guard force. At least, from, not from what we hear. So, like, like, is he like the captain of like the main ship, fishing vessel, or something? That that's the best I can think. Right?
0: <laughs> Maybe I, don't
1: I, I truly hmm. don't know.
0: I would guess that it's like the equivalent of a mayor based on
1: the way the daughter acts. But yeah. Because like, yeah. I'm pretty sure, if I'm remembering correctly, isn't this Alma who we see in the next chapter too? It is, because when yeah. she fails the test, she
0: asks to see their manager. <laughs> <laughs> She's a seven-year-old, uh, and she wants to escalate it to their manager. Yep,
1: um, Al- Alma Alma, merely just deciding that she wants to change her name to... Um, God, why am I drawing a blank? Garen, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on the fucking escalator manager <laughs> name. Uh, How did that actually get to be the 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 the, like, the name for
3: people who just kind of want to always talk to the manager at least have on Karen as the person who does that. <laughs> it came from black people specifically
0: making fun of white people and a stereotypical name, and then linguists just, just don't acknowledge that
3: because they're not white people. Oh, uh, hmm. yeah, that would do it. <laughs> It's, uh, it, that's the way a lot it, of our language yeah, works, is just
0: it's, appropriating it's,
1: yeah, people of color. Yeah, it's just one of those things that, like, you don't really think about until, like, it actually, like, comes up. You know, it's it's kind of like how, like, at least, like, when it comes to, like, people calling things sus, it's like, okay, well, we know that because of Among Us. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: Like, that at least has a more direct line compared to, like, how did Karen really start out? And it's like, oh, it turns out it started because people appropriated something from African Americans and then didn't actually attribute it correctly.
3: And,
0: mm-hmm. like, it got all messed up in the translation, too. It doesn't mean now what it used to mean, so. Oh,
3: gotcha. Yay,
0: appropriation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't take that out of context, please.
1: Yeah, please don't make that be the title of this episode. <laughs> I'm not going to make that the title
0: of this episode. I just don't want anybody using that as their reenton, okay? Yeah.
1: Okay? <laughs> uh. I I feel like most people listening to this podcast know we are pretty progressive and supportive individuals. (laughs) I don't think they're (laughs) going to take that out of context. (laughs) Uh, I mean, a person Um, arguing a bad faith, just trying to find uh, something to attack uh, trans people, I guess, might, but I don't think most people are. (laughs) Alright.
0: So back in the room, Jonju is having to argue with this farmer who, like, he wants to be paid if his kid is the avatar, which Jonju is, like, Absolutely not. That's not how it works. You don't get paid to be the avatar, which you should be. I'm just saying, but (laughs) the guy basically is just like, okay, well, if my kid doesn't get paid, then uh, I'm leaving. Good for you. Good job. Do it. Protect your kids (laughs) like workers rights, even for the avatar. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, the guy is an asshole, but he's right. The avatar should be a paid position since you're going to saddle them with the world's problems. Mm hmm. Like, the Avatar should get paid for doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're I mean, basically a government official, but, like, the most...
1: The the most official. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they never established that in, like, any of the shows of, like, whether the Avatar does get paid. Like, they at least, like, still, like, show, like, usually, like, when the Avatar rolls into town, people are like, Oh, stay at our place and they have free food and stuff. But, like, that's not something that, like, they get every day, obviously. So it's like, well, the Avatar needs an income, and the Avatar should have an income.
0: Yeah, yeah. I get why there isn't, because it would be pretty easy to, like, try and bribe, corrupt the Avatar, etc. They're supposed to be all spiritual or whatever, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, like... We're talking about one person who single-handedly expected to go take on armies for the sake of the world. like.
1: Yeah, and also, like, find balance between the human realm and the spirit realm. Uh-huh. No matter how spiritual of a person they might be and how disconnected from worldly possessions they have to be in some cases, they still need to eat. They still need a home. Did I mention that Yang Chen fights a giant robot? No, but also, to be fair, uh... No, can't say that. That's a Gora thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like, I want to say it's about 60 stories tall, and she has to fight it to protect uh, the whole continent. And the thing is, is that this doesn't even happen on the page. It's already over by the time the book starts.
1: Wait, what? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay, I have, I have multiple questions. Like, again, A, like, why? And also, B, how did they make a robot way back then before, like, the well, it's a spirit, you see. Oh, okay. So it's not like, it's not like what I'm thinking of in terms of, like, how, like, uh, to be fair, like, you do see, like, the, like, kind of, like, essentially, like, meccas that are in chorus Season 1 and 2 in different ways, because, like, oh, that's just I don't because know, of those are only, operation. like,
0: 20 25 feet tall.
1: True, but they're still mechs. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but that's not the same as a Godzilla stomping around the continent. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: fair. But like, still, it's it's a giant, it's a big robot that uh, <laughs> usually has a bunch of like resistance to bending stuff because it's using technology and not like earth bending to keep it together because it's made <laughs> of like. I, I I I actually am trying to wonder if those are actually, uh, because I think it's. God, i'm trying to remember if uh he uses platinum to make any of those later on i think there's yep. like a door that he has right there's a door he has a platinum which can't be bent for convenience sake because <laughs> it's like well we established metal bending is a thing uh platinum's just too pure just too fucking the it's the it's the unbendable metal of it compared to everything else <laughs> sure that makes sense yeah um, like i'm pretty sure platinum still has some impurities that it could still be metal bent but sure whatever if you want to have if you want to try to fix the problem that you did in order to have Toph
3: have a cool ability sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yang Chen vs. the pink robots, part one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: no. Uh, so while Kels- John while John Zhu is arguing with this farmer about whether the kid should be paid, uh, he spots Kelsong like waving a stop arguing motion out of the corner of his eye, because the little girl has picked the first toy correctly and apparently there are, it, it, it doesn't say this but it kind of indicates that there's a specific order the toys should be picked in which is weird but she has picked the first one and then um as they're talking she is like looking at the second one and this is he starts negotiating with the farmer and offers him 50 silvers a year if she's the avatar from his own pocket because of course there's no official like payments so this, this is money John Ju's is spending himself but the guy counters with uh, sixty-five a year, and then ten a year if she's not the avatar, which <laughs> really sets Jonju off. But uh, the thing is, is that she's heading for the third toy, so he has to like he has to agree because if they found the avatar already, like it's worth it, right? So the thing is, though, is that then she goes to the third toy and she starts screaming "die" and tearing it up. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: <laughs> <sighs> kids, right? Um, did did they say which toy it was that she tries to kill? I forgot uh,
0: stuffed hog monkey.
1: Oh okay. God, what's up? What's up? oh now I'm trying to think of if there's actually a picture of a hog monkey. <laughs>
0: That's got to be a really good quality plush if it lasts for the thousands of years. Oh right? yeah,
1: yeah, right. The hog monkeys were shown in the show. Yeah, they are literally just a monkey, but they have like a boar face. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing about them.
3: <laughs> yeah, I forgot that they were in the show before. But yeah, um, so John Ju basically throws them out, and the
0: farmer demands 10 silvers, but the, he John Ju just kicks them out. He's not paying, so he doesn't keep his deals. Good job. But as he's leaving, John Ju calls after the farmer because he's, hey, hey, you have another daughter here. You left her behind. And the farmer just, I mean, that's not my kid. She, she doesn't belong to anyone because uh, she's just kind of sitting here. She's very tall. She's, like, weirdly tall for a kid, much more so than any of the other kids that they've seen today, and she's, like, sort of cowering there as he walks towards her, just trying to flee, but eventually she's she's so curious. She doesn't know what's happening, but all the kids are coming here, and she wants to know what's happening, so she stays. Jonju like, sort of gives her a once-over as if she was a product or an animal he was looking at buying and thinks about how underfed she is and unhealthy and you've seen a lot of kids like this because in the inner provinces where the doufei are like doufei being uh essentially gangsters they're they're magical fantasy
1: ancient asian gangsters um well i mean not to spoil things but we found out later on most actually don't have bending capabilities they're usually (laughs) non-benders
0: Well,
1: some of some some of them are yes, but they're a rarity. Most alpha have to rely on weapons because they're non-benders. Some of them. Um, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get we'll get there we'll get there in like uh what by like February or so probably <laughs> something like that. So releases something around there.
0: <laughs> but yes, um, so he's seen abandoned orphan kids before, so he assumes that this kid must have just sort of wandered to Yokoya after her family got got by bandits so even though she's a little like she's pretty messed up but Kelsong is kind to her because he is kind to all children he, he is enormous and he is a friend to children everywhere he's he's like a monk version of Gamera um he asks what the kid's name is and she reveals that it is Kiyoshi, that Kelsong decides to let her try the toy, or the test. He offers her a toy. Janju is a little concerned because she's so tall. Like, she's taller than some teenagers, which tells me she's probably about five foot something at this age already.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's, she, Kiyoshi is ridiculously tall when she's a teenager and even is still ridiculously, uh, like, towers over other children her age at being 7
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, she's enormous. um, And listen, we love a tall queen, but she's seven Mm -hmm. and she's five foot tall at least. Uh, A
1: tall bisexual queen.
0: (laughs) But yes. um, Kelsong basically just brushes off the concerns about her age by saying hush and brings uh, Kyoshi into the hall. And she's looking at all these toys and she's like zooms out and... Snatches an object off the floor and then runs back to where she was, and she's just like sort of guardedly staring and gauging them and trying to see about their response. And uh, the thing is that one of the that the, the toy she grabbed, a little clay turtle, was um, it's one of the true relics, and it's the only one that no one has come anywhere near today. And like they should be excited, but John can't really bring himself to be excited because after the you know after the thing where the kid tried to murder the hog monkey toy like he can't be excited
1: anymore he can't trust that but like i still have to call in the question why does that everybody ignore this cute little turtle so far all day it's a turtle turtles are cute they're cool why do do people not want the turtle toy yeah but it's just like a clay
0: figure it doesn't do anything it's not a drum or a yo-yo
2: yeah, like, my, my
1: Melia statue just sits there and well, that's cool. Also, I defend it because I spent $200 on it, to be fair, but still. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, and you're in your
0: 30s and can appreciate a toy that sits there and does nothing.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it looks nice. She's over by the, the amiibos of Pyra and also from Genoblade, and also near my little figure, uh, figurine of Terra from Final Fantasy VI and Red from Transistor and Solaire from Dark Souls, and they're all neat.
0: Kids <laughs> want toys that do stuff. This is why every toy has I a wolf in it I now. G-
1: I guess. I guess that's why toys do have that, and also like usually like toys have like some sort of like gun arm that shoots the blast of some sort. Uh-huh, uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. Or you can yeah. at least take the arms off and replace them with different arms to make
1: them look cooler, yeah
0: boys yeah. have to do
3: something
1: um i guess i guess that's the difference of like why i just like looking at all my like Splatoon amiibos because i have all of them and on well as of this recording in six days i get the last ones because uh they're releasing the amiibos of uh deep cut of shiver frying big man <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i get to add them i don't know what they i don't know what they unlock and i also I really have not played Splatoon at all all year but i still like them and i want them because <laughs> right. they look nice Um, To be fair, the the Splatoon amiibos also are, like, a higher quality figurine compared to, like, most amiibos even. Like, a lot of the Smash ones kind of look a bit wonky, but the the Splatoon ones are always, like, really nice looking.
3: Right.
0: Um, So Chonju asks this kid if she wants three more toys, and she definitely does, but also it's pretty obvious from her body language that she doesn't trust them at all. Like, she immediately starts clutching the turtle that she's got even more so, and... It's pretty clear from the way she's reacting that she feels like if she believes him, if she goes for this, then the one toy she has will be taken away from her, which, uh, true, actually, because they do take the toys back, so. um, But Kelsong tries to reassure her, and it's okay, you don't have to pick to put that down, you can just pick another one. And, uh, this is too much for her, and she just takes off. She steals this avatar relic. And uh, she's just gone, disappears between a couple houses. We cut a little bit of a cut forward, and Zhang uh, Zhu is, like, in his mind, standing inside this village in the middle of the Earth Kingdom, one that had been, um, quote unquote, liberated by Zhu Ping An and the Yellowneck Gang, who are, as mentioned earlier, Dao Fei and uh he, yeah. he dreams of this stench of rotting flesh soaking through his cro- clothes because of all the people who have been slaughtered by the bandits and uh so right off the bat we're getting the hint that this is going to be maybe a little more intense than the children's tv show yeah
1: but- <laughs> yeah just in that also gotta say yellow neck still sounds incredibly racist <laughs> <laughs> like it's- they don't get brought up often like we we bring them up again i think in like like chapter in like 11 or something it is mm-hmm. in this when we get there eventually but it's like it's it still sounds bad every time it comes up well you see it's because they wear yellow scarves i get that it's just that <laughs> without that context in a setting that is primarily like drawing inspiration from asian people calling a group of people yellow necks sounds really bad <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah
0: that's fair um but yes, in this memory that he's having, he's remembering an official messenger from the Earth King who's just spent minutes after minutes after minutes reading every single name and honorific the Earth King has, only to end with telling John Zhu that actually there will be no reinforcements. Uh, deal with
3: the dead people yourself. Yeah. And, um... Uh, hmm? I, just, I just had fun, because the Earth King sucks. <laughs> yep. There's There's... There's really, like, never
1: a point in any time of any avatar we ever see where the Earth King is a competent, decent person. Nope.
2: <laughs> like, Things oh god, like you, that.
1: Right, you didn't even, like, get to see the Earth Queen, who's, like, the current monarch by the time of uh Korra Season 3. I did not. I didn't watch Korra Season 3. Oh, she's, she's terrible. <laughs> like, the previous Earth King, at least, that we see in, that, like, in Aang's time, he's just, like, being kept in the dark intentionally by, um, uh the daily like that's not his fault really that he's not informed and like he at least tries to do better once he finds out the earth queen is actively a shit
3: (laughs) you remember the
0: comic i mentioned where uh about the straight machine in Mm -hmm. that same one they try to turn the earth kingdom into a democracy and let me tell you it does not go well
1: hmm also, yeah, I just now realized it's interesting that you haven't seen Korra seasons three and four, but you at least probably have some context of what goes on in them because you've read the comics that come after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, you probably know, uh um, oh, God, I'm trying to black out his name. The guy who's, like, the Earth King content, like, candidate in book four. I think his name is uh, Wu? I couldn't tell you. It's been too long, but... I don't, I don't know if he's actually in those. I have to assume he gets brought up because, like, he kind of just, like, you know doesn't really care much about being king by the time of season four, by the time season four ends <laughs> i think it's room uh
0: like i say it's been a while
1: i don't recall
0: but i definitely yeah, know yeah, yeah. His name is Rube. she's the one who invents the straight machine
2: <laughs> oh
1: great well I... <sighs> Kavira, why <laughs> Zelda-, <laughs> Zelda Williams? Why are you making the straight machine after also being a fascist? I guess I guess to be fair, that there is like a one to one linear line, huh? Because she does to become a fascist in book four. Uh-huh. So her, you're telling me she's the one who makes the fucking conversion therapy machine? It's like okay, yeah. I hate that. I that's don't where think it goes.
0: She does it herself, but she definitely like has people do it and then uses it.
1: Please, please tell me that it's not Varric who gets roped into building that. I don't believe so, no. I would hope not. Varric is cool, and I don't want to hate Varric. <laughs> like Var- Var- to be fair, Varric is an asshole, but he's a fun asshole. And he does the right thing when he actually is like pressured to do it. Because eventually his conscience actually does catch up with him. But it's like, mm-hmm. he's he's a fun dickhead. But I don't want him to just be a dickhead dickhead. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, um,
0: from this, uh, from this horrible memory, Jean-Ju goes into a different memory, where he's trying to negotiate with, uh, Tulak, who is the king of the Fifth Nation pirates. The Fifth Nation is not an official thing, it is a, a massive pirate fleet who have declared themselves as a country. They don't actually have a land mass, they're, they're they just have ships. And, um, this is, uh, the pirate, like, w- coughing and splattering blood and phlegm all over the peace treaties that Avatar Yang Chen drafted and uh John ju is just so in his own head about how like i should be sitting next to the avatar i should be the 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 right hand i should carry that authority but we can't find the avatar and it's all my fault and then kelsong just smacks him on the back with his enormous hand. because remember we've been introduced to two giants in this chapter and one of them is kelsong um <laughs> and uh he he makes a joke about like ah don't don't look so upset. You would think that you just lost your nation's most important cultural artifact to a child. <laughs> but, um... Joneshu wants to chase the kid down, and Kelsong basically, like, says no, because... Eh, it's fine. This This kid has nothing. I would feel really bad about taking a toy away from her. So she can keep it, and I'll just go and get in trouble myself. I'll take the blame. You don't need to get in trouble. I'll, like, I won't even mention you. And Janshu is, like, really concerned about this on account of this is going to ruin the Air Nomad test forever, and he would, like, is Kelsong really willing to do that to make this one child happy? But Kelsong just says it, it'll it find its way back. Don't worry about it. Probably.
1: Hopefully. Maybe. Maybe.
3: <laughs> Unlikely. And, yeah, and no, that's no, the end maybe. of my chapter.
1: Uh, knowing what I do about in the future, it's like, oh, uh, this poor turtle. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> I remember like when we record this first being like me being like does the turtle come up again and it's like it comes up in like chapter 3 actually <laughs> the turtle appears like pretty quickly again because <laughs> Kiyoshi kept it all this time
3: <laughs> yeah we should uh, probably take a break though for the Patreon stuff before we get to the next chapter huh same
0: absolutely thanks for that intro um.
1: <laughs> yeah usually i'm not the one that does it usually yeah. you lead into the ad read <laughs>
0: it's
1: a little weird but it works
0: uh so uh if you would like to join us at patreon.com usweirdoscast us you can get uh, all sorts of stuff of course the primary thing we offer at our basic tier is uh 13 weeks early access to the axe files our show where we reread every animorph's book it's a blast um there's so much going on. Uh, there's mysteries abounding. Uh, yeah, it's 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 great. Um, <laughs> but of course, we also do other stuff for our higher tiers. For instance, every week, I write a queer book review slash recommendation. It's uh, like a newspaper column, but for gay books.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm still impressed with the amount of gay books that you say that you already have, like, fully, like, read already, that you have prepared for covering it, considering, like, Especially in contrast where it's like every Saturday I mostly just am like, all right, what am I going to play this week? <laughs> no plan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Meanwhile, no. you're like, I have like 18 books already read and ready to go. <laughs>
0: For sure. I've got a spreadsheet of the stuff that I've read and want to include so I can get like a rough idea of order. So I just, you know, it, it's a matter of uh, sitting down and writing it because those reviews are intensive.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, as I alluded to it, though, uh, every week I basically just look at my computer and was like, what What do I feel like playing this week that would be entertaining? Uh, turns out, I, I mentioned this in the uh, scriptor and also in the few minutes that it starts, uh, I somehow fully lost the save file to the Platinum Random Nuzlocke because... Uh, the SMU had, like, an update or whatever, and now I can't find it anymore. Huh. So, right. in, instead, I decided to start finally playing something that I had in the, as an idea since, like, almost the start, which is I want to actually properly fully play all of Final Fantasy VI for the first time because I, as a kid, thought I was near the end. and No, I was, I, as I realized later on, I only got halfway through that game because... Oof. To be fair, when you get to a place called the Floating Continent, that feels like very defended Final Dungeon stuff, right? No, that's halfway through Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> uh, so I'm playing it with a like fan mod that uh, rebounds the stuff and also changes the, the translation and localization to be a little bit better, and, which is called Brave New World. And there's there's been some things that are a little questionable in there, like some it kind of has that little like at times like this is the mod so we're having like some audio be a little jokey at times not audio but like dialogue be a little bit jokey from npcs but like overall it's felt pretty good like it really rebalanced like how characters are in spells and stuff Mm -hmm. and yeah uh it's been interesting they definitely also make the first few bosses really fucking easy compared to how in the original they were a little tanky so i can't i can't say i uh you know have a problem with that considering i'm an adult and i work a full-time job and i don't have as much time.
0: Alright. So, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. If that sounds interesting to you, you can always find us there, over at patreon.com slash And, uh, I think the only other thing we need to do right now is give a huge thank you to our patrons. So, we need to say thank you very much to Boatcase Queen, Trigger Harpy, and Aurora Borealis. Thank you so much, y'all. Yep.
1: Yeah, we continue to appreciate the support you give us to help us do the nonsense that we do.
0: Absolutely. But uh, for now, uh, take care and enjoy getting back to the book.
1: Uh, yeah, that will lead us into my chapter, which is chapter two, which is called Nine Years Later." Because the thing that I find a lot in this book is so many of the chapters are quite literal.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, they <laughs> tend to be very on the nose. Yeah, it's it's a little interesting how like like there are some like ep- uh, episode titles in uh, Last Bender and Cora* that are like a little bit literal, but like some of them are actually like a little bit like more interesting. Like wordplay at times but yeah in this book it's like most of these chapters are just like yep it's nine years later so the chapter is nine years later <laughs> <laughs> i guess it could be more literal if they were like the time skip what's the name of this chapter <laughs> but yeah oh it is open with uh kiyoshi who's now like 16 or so being antagonized by some of the smart little brats of yokoya that we saw try and fail to be classified as the avatar uh you know bring much same kids uh their leader alma who was the little girl who tried to murder the hog monkey plushie, uh berates her for just not having parents because she's a spoiled little rich kid and sucks <laughs> <laughs> uh and she's also basically uh has stolen a jar of pickled spicy kelp from kiyoshi that she's like i forget at this point that she's covering it over there with her bending i think she is <laughs> again i didn't reread the chapter so i'm trying to remember the full context i'm sorry uh is is Alma earth bending it like out of Kyoshi's reach at this point or is she just oh, holding yeah. onto it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, again, I didn't reread the book, so I was or reread the chapter so I was like trying to remember if this is when she's redoing doing it.
0: Yeah, Alma is like earth or earth bending this thing down the way, mm-hmm. but she's not especially good at controlling it, so it's sloshing all over yeah. the place and almost spilling the kelp and Kyoshi's like basically having a panic attack but she can't say that because if she does she'll have to fight them Mm -hmm.
1: it's funny that i have to ask for this context and meanwhile the very next sentence in my notes mentions that alma has offended it (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah uh getting back to that uh kiyoshi was charged with delivering it to zhanji's mansion that he's built in the last time uh amount of time because that's the new like place that he and the avatar reside at uh and she worked with a servant there But along the way, Alma Earth bent the jar out of her hands and covers it in the air as they basically just harass her along the way because they're shitty kids who are always, like, just being rude because they have parents and she doesn't, so that means that she has to be picked on because kids suck. (laughs) Kiyoshi knows if she gives even an inch to these little shits that the situation will spiral out of control and Alma's two goons forever berate her for her cushy servant job that doesn't require regular peasant work like their parents do, even though they themselves get away scot got Free because they're teenagers. <laughs> uh, and also they neglect to mention how their families they own every plot of decent land near Yakoya, and that since their families pass it down to their kids, there's no room for an outsider to make a living elsewhere, so it's like she has the one job she actually could get here in this shit town. <laughs> like you're, you're berating me for finding the one job i actually can get assholes maybe if your families didn't just keep a monopoly on this shit maybe uh other people could actually come in and try to establish themselves but no uh alba says that being a servant is just such hard work so that why she's here to help out as she barely avoids breaking the jar against tree branches in order to establish who's in control of the situation and then in kiyoshi <laughs> but Kiyoshi just tries to keep her composure as they arrive within sight of the Avatar's estate that Shanzhou had built. Uh, yeah, We get a uh, brief description of the elaborate building that combined Earth Kingdom and Air Nomad designs, since Kelsang well, also. All mm. of them. That, does it also have some Fire Nation and Water Tribe stuff
0: yeah, built into it? Yeah, the, uh, the design of the building is such that, like, uh, in the... The decoration elements—they've got like statues of dragons chasing uh polar orcas all around the sides of the building. Oh, the, okay,
1: I—I th- I think when I was reading when I read this originally, I only really picked out the, the Earth Kingdom and Air Nomad designs because like Kelsang and Jondu seem to be the like the ones that have a little bit more of a higher position here, especially yeah, Jondu since he the, built uh, the
0: place. The architecture itself is Earth and Air, but then the decoration—oh, that's what
1: it is. Fire and water. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what I was thinking, yeah, it's the actual, like, design of the building, but then all the, like, the accessories are from all the nations. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, after that little description, uh, the book's narration just says that the village elders were absolutely thrilled to sell the land to Janju as a safe place away from the outlaw territories of the Earth Kingdom that are kind of just becoming a bit rampant because of the escalating situation with not having an avatar for so long. And also that it was close enough to both the southern Air Temple and the southern Water Tribe. So that's why it's like, well, okay, at least it's like we're establishing the Avatar as close to, like, the Four Nations as possible, even if the Fire Nation kind of gets a bit screwed over here. <laughs> uh, you know, you can only do so much. Uh, but basically, their feelings towards uh ju and the Mansion soured because of its large size being a complete and total eyesore. And also, Jean-Ju's kind of a dick.
0: <laughs> I don't feel like it's an eyesore. I mean, they say that, but I feel like it's more that, alright, there's one rich person house in this village of huts. Like, mm-hmm. it's not an eyesore, it's just really obvious.
1: Yeah, I guess. It, it It sticks out like a sore thumb in this
3: little, like, kind of failed farming and fishing village. <laughs> uh where the, where's my there it is uh
1: yeah kiyoshi loves the building though because of her time living on the streets as nama's goons are kind of racist towards shanji for being from the ganjin tribe which i believe we mentioned the divide multiple times so far i'm pretty sure the ganjins are one of the groups from that episode <laughs> just a group of earth uh earthbender guys uh yeah but uh, yeah, after they're a little bit racist towards him, uh, Kiyoshi mutters an insult at them about how the land it sits on being as worthless and unproductive as the former owner's children. So go off, Kiyoshi, get these teens' asses. <laughs> but she says it a little bit too loudly, and so they overhear her as she prepares to get the shit kicked out of her. <laughs> Basically just <laughs> immediately getting retaliation. But her firebending friend, Rangi, arrives at that point to get these, rid of these shitty little teens because they actually at least respect slash fear rangi because she's uh you know she's cool she's a guard because rangi
0: is willing to punch someone and not just stand there and take it yeah
1: yeah at this point yeah kiyoshi is not the kind of person who's willing to actually like fight back when needed but rangi will do it for her
0: The only thing that Kyoshi does to prepare herself for this fight is stand up on her tiptoes so her face will be out of reach of their punches.
1: Yeah, yeah, I forgot to bring that up there in my notes here. But like, yeah, she's basically just being like, well, if they're going to hit me, at least make it less obvious with it not being on my face. Because people will notice, obviously, that I got in the fight.
0: (laughs) Yeah, at this point, she's like at least six and a half feet tall. I believe she mm-hmm. ends up being around seven foot when she's fully grown. Yeah, but...
1: <laughs> I remember I remember another episode I looked at uh, just to find out for sure. Yeah, Kiyoshi is going seven feet tall by the time she's an adult. <laughs> yeah, so... She but... is ridiculously tall. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. So that's why she's standing on tiptoes. It's just to get like, her face literally out of reach of punches yeah. because their do- arms are too short to get that high.
1: Yeah, like, they like, punch me on the shoulder at, like, minimum. Not in the neck or the face. <laughs> this way it's not showing, obviously. But yeah. Uh... Da-da-da. Where do they Rangi? Oh yeah, uh, Alma's goons are mainly back off because they're like, okay, crap, that's Rangi. We can't fuck around for. her. Uh, though Alma herself tries to stand her ground as Rangi's supposed to be by the avatar's side as his bodyguard, and she says that she thinks she's lacking lots since she's here helping kiyoshi instead i may i do want to mm-hmm. note that uh
0: they don't actually know where rangi came from she just sort of shows up yeah <laughs> Kyoshi has no idea how it happens so either she's he- very inobservant or rangi is great at sneaking <laughs>
1: No, here's the thing. Uh, Rangi's PC decided that she wanted to build a teleport that had a trigger that activates automatically whenever Kiyoshi's in danger, which will just immediately work to where she is. (laughs) And it's not something she can control. It just activates all the time whenever Kiyoshi's having a bad time.
0: One of the things that Kiyoshi suggests is that maybe Rangi was just hiding out here literally all night waiting for this (laughs) to happen. And she fully (laughs) believes that that is a thing Rangi would do, so...
1: Yeah, Rangi would do that. (laughs) <laughs> actually, knowing more about Rangi than I do uh, now. Uh-huh. But yeah, <laughs> I, at some point, I really need to actually share the hero r- rule books with you, so this way you actually get more context. And when I make hero jokes like that about like de- designing a power that has a trigger for like person in trouble, because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what I was doing—that was a hero six edition joke. <laughs> I mean, I do get it. It's very similar to mutants and masterminds. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, there's a lot of overlap there because like uh, hero is also based on the old champions tabletop game as well. Mm-hmm. Which I think is also derived from the for me some Masterminds. But still it's there's a lot of like ways that you can like really like mess around and makes like interesting or just dumb powers in hero. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh yeah. Uh Alma continues around by looking to see if the Avatar's here as well, being like, Well, if Frankie's here, maybe she's actually dragged him with her in order to actually like still guard him while helping Kyoshi. But Rangi just growls at them for not being allowed on the mansion grounds, nor to mess with the Avatar's property, nor staff, which Kiyoshi notes that she is third on that list overall. Hooray. <laughs> not first or second, even. Nope, third.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: Alma tries to play this off by saying that the jar is just so dang heavy and large that it'd take two grown men to carry it, so Kiyoshi asks for her help in a way that says, I'll super kill you if you contradict me. <laughs> but <laughs> Kiyoshi does realize that there is actually a little tinge of, gin- of God, why did I write this down and then not know how to pronounce it? Uh, genuineness? Gen- genuinity? I, I wrote <laughs> genuinity. I don't know. That sounds wrong in my pronunciation. I but there's you like, made up a word, yes. Maybe. I, I mean, it th- Google Docs is not cho- showing the little squiggle red under there, saying it's wrong, so I think the word is right. Maybe I'm just pronouncing it wrong. She's being at least a little bit genuine here and actually wanting to try to actually see the avatar, because she's a bit jealous that Kiyoshi gets to see him every single day. <laughs> That's uh, The version, I believe, well,
0: no, that's not a real word
1: either. Nope. Couldn't yeah, tell I'll, you. I'll I'll copy and paste what I have here and show to show you because like again, this is not showing that this is Wait, right? No, wait. Why do I still have a YouTube link that I can copy? <laughs> Hang on. Huh. Uh There it is. That's how I wrote it in my notes and it's telling me that's correct cuz it's not showing the little red squiggles. <laughs> uh so <laughs> mm. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's that's not a word. It is Google the,
1: Maps, not Google Maps, Google Drive is telling me it's right, it's telling me it's a word. <laughs> it is the
0: name of uh, uh information technology company.
1: <laughs> Wait, uh, genuineness is a, is a noun, genuinity is not a word in the dictionary, but you might be thinking of ingenuity, no I'm not. <laughs> Wait, hang on genuinity on dictionary.com okay that doesn't show up actually (laughs) there's a link to it but then it's not a link that works just saying this doesn't exist i don't know uh but also at the top of the of the page uh, when you just google the genuinity itself it says the quality of being sincere and honest and being unable to be trusted so i don't know i feel like it's kind of just like a coin flip of whether people claim it's a word or not i don't know (laughs) the google drive is telling Google Drive is telling me it's the word, though, because it doesn't have the squiggles. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, she
0: actually Drive does honestly. probably just accepting the name of that uh, IT company.
1: And yet it doesn't want to capitalize it, and it also isn't thinking that uh, Alma is a real word either. <laughs> even though well, Alma's alma is not a I, company is she alma i capitalized though so i would think that google could rather figure out that it's maybe a name but no
0: <laughs> as we all know google prioritizes companies over people
1: i mean yes yeah, true and also google doesn't even care about what actually is real or not considering all their ai bullshit these days <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway the point is she wants to actually see the avatar she's jealous that she can see him every day uh kiyoshi feels a very small amount of pity for alma but not enough to stop rangi from tearing these kids apart as she threatens to burn off their eyebrows if so they don't leave the jar and get lost <laughs> because rangi rules uh alma instead uh tosses the jar high into the air with her bending as she and her idiot squad flee <laughs> for their lives for <laughs> and rangi desperately tells kiyoshi to catch her with her own bending because the staff ledgers list her as an bender but kiyoshi says that it's not that simple as she thinks about a little problem that she has that she doesn't elaborate on we'll get there eventually <laughs> uh kiyoshi instead dives on the Rangi because she's a tall uh bisexual lesbian and also of these two and also it's to cover her from the shards of ceramic from hitting rangi because she wants to make sure that her uh you know firebender friends STF is not hurt <laughs> But the jar doesn't end up crashing on them, so they're both left uh, just as a very blushy mess, as they notice that the jar is floating above the ground near them instead.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's got, it's very, um, quote, her face and ears were nearly as red as her armor. mm -hmm. So, (laughs) that's very red, because Fire Nation armor is...
1: (laughs) It's bright red, yeah. It's not like a dull red or like a pale red. It is just red red.
0: (laughs) It's like Star Wars lightsaber red.
1: <laughs> yeah, although I guess to be fair, like so- not every Fire Nation soldier wears like bright red armor. Some of them wear black and stuff. Like mostly think of Zula in that case. But typically they combine like red or black in the armor. But yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely not at all foreshadowing that they're gonna uh, you know do a genocide and also try to do a global conquest in like 400 years time. <laughs> you know, d- definitely don't ever consider that you might be the bad guys if you wear black and red everything all the time. <laughs> but it's cool though. I, I mean it is, it is. It is. I mean, yeah, it is sick. But also, like, to be fair, I'm the kind of person that defers more to like black and pink because black and pink is a cool, is a nice coloration combination.
2: Well, I but, guess yeah.
0: that's
1: not fair. I wear black and whatever. I, I pick like an accent color to work off my black
0: every day. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, sometimes I, right. I I get too self conscious about people thinking I wear similar stuff every day and they, that I like don't try to even stay anywhere near the same color every day. <laughs> Like, it's me being like, oh, well, I did this word, like, purple the other day, so it should really be, like, at least, like, three days or so before I wear something, like, pink or something, because it's too similar. <laughs> but also, I feel like most people don't care. That's just how I, that's how my brain works. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah,
0: I don't yeah. know. The, the way I dress is with accents, right? Like, black is the mm-hmm. base, and then the color is the accent you build off of, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, I-, I have pants that are bright pink. Why not? <laughs>
1: I mean, who doesn't love bright pink pants? <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things I mentioned to, like, a friend some time ago that's just, like, just, because, like, he's, like, a cis guy and everything, and I was just, like, yeah, it's, like, something that it's, like, even he admitted that, like, masculine clothing options at times can be a little bit dull because, like, you mostly just have, like, like, a shirt and, like, slacks and stuff like that, and there's not as much variation, like, compared to, like, how, like, when you, like, wear femme clothes, it's, like, well, there's, like, skirts and stuff and, like, you know, skirts or shorts. What what is like the skirt short? Is that skirt? Yeah, that's skirt. Okay, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, cuz like it's al- it's always drives me in an- a little annoying that it's like I remember that I have a pair of jeggings and I hate that word. Jegging sounds so bad. You don't I get that wear your skirt with jeggings? <laughs> no, because I feel like that's too much like thick pants. Like I'll wear like leggings underneath a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> But also I own a skirt. I own like a like pair of like, a. Sh- I I own like a short skirt that I usually like would wear leggings underneath, but also to be fair, like the few other like proper length skirts that I have, I still also wear leggings underneath just because my legs get cold when it's like a big flowy skirt. <laughs>
0: you don't want to wear jeggings underneath your skirt when you go to eat the only sockwood you can eat with a spoon? <laughs>
1: <sighs> I guess it's cancelled, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway we should get back to kyoshi uh we're almost done uh the jar uh based on what kyoshi sees is noticeably much more stable in this form of earth bending compared to almas uh and at that point some nearby pebbles move around them to spell out a message of you're welcome which i i could not i could not help but read and then say that in the way that uh the guy from Moana says, you're welcome from the song, even Maui. though I've never seen Maui. I've never actually seen Moana. I just know that you're welcome. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, this is something I think of at the time. Uh, Wait. I'll, I'll, to be fair it's like it's that or i always think of you're welcome is the way that like uh joe cat says it during the crap guide to whatever things that he does like and now you, now you know how to play barbarian you're welcome <laughs> that's always how i think of you're welcome either in maui's voice or joe cat's voice no no other way <laughs> uh yeah. can't say that i get it but sure There's
2: yeah have you never phrase. seen the
1: have you never seen the crap guide to D
0: videos no, I just like it's a common phrase. I don't know why you would put specific people's voices on it. Everyone I think says it I it think all it's
1: just—I I don't. I guess it's just because it's like specifically like my brain being the way it is, kind of deal. I don't know. Like I've I've watched the the joke at videos multiple times, and like again, I I just like have such a distinct memory of the song Maui sings, even though I've never seen Moana or seen the song itself. But I don't know. That's just how I work. where it's like "I saw you are welcome" and I just instinctively said it in the way Maui says it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But this all clues them in that uh, the avatar has been watching all this happen and helped them out this way. Darwin die. <laughs> uh, you know, we got we got to protect uh, you know Nancy because she's full of kelp. I'm trying to bring back that joke. I I, I failed at it. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, we have a better title now. We don't. We don't have to bring back up Nancy being full of kelp, which is the jar.
0: <laughs> I mean, we definitely do, but we could have organically waited for it
1: to happen when. Yeah. Comes, yeah. You know, out. I. I. I try, I tried, and then I. The words came out, and I was like, Nope, fuck it up. <laughs> dead. Yeah, I appreciate it, but you did kind of jump the gun there. This is
0: the trouble with time travel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like well, like we were like, oh, but we had such a good joke about the jar, and it's like, well, now it's gone. It's dead. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, uh, the Pebbles then confirm this by spelling out that it's Avatar Yoon who helped them, and Kiyoshi thinks about how she has never heard of somebody using Earthbending to communicate legibly at a distance, but then immediately that gets disproven because the next message has at spelling error, because he asks what his three favorite ladies are up to. He does not Which, ask that. He
0: asks what his three
1: favorite ladles are up to. Oh, ladles, right, right. yeah, I did actually write ladles. <laughs> I corrected myself to ladies, thinking I did a typo here in my own notes. So I did a typo about Zona uh, own uh, typo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is where we originally had the joke about, like, it's referring to Alma, and you were like, no, he's referring to the jar. And that's where we brought up well, Nancy, yeah, the Well, yeah, because Alma jar. left, so
0: he can't be talking about Alma, so the only three things here are Rangi and Kiyoshi and the jar. Oh. And... So clearly, the jar is one of his favorite ladies, and
1: therefore, <laughs> lovely Nancy, full
3: of kelp.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It was a better joke at the time, listeners. Believe us.
0: <laughs> it would have been a better joke today if you hadn't jumped the gun and got to it too yeah, early. <laughs> yeah, you know.
1: Well, that's on me. <laughs> but yeah. Uh. Yeah. Also, uh, you even ask for them to bring him some dumplings because he's he's. He's kind of lazy at times. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: Rangi's annoyed since they're distracting Yun from his training, and because Kiyoshi's late to her duties, and as they walk along, Rangi blows up about how those teams are being rude to a servant of the Avatar. Apparently, this side of Rangi is one that only her closest friends see, since most of see her as a stoic member of the Fire Army, but this is like her actually like letting herself like rant a little bit, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> be be a little less professional it's being like, ah, oh, those assholes. <laughs> Rangi goes on just disbelief that Kyoshi hasn't mastered the basically bending by now because a peasant knows them and she, therefore it's making it look bad. And also that they, they should totally dunk alma so thoroughly that no one ever bothers Kyoshi ever again. <laughs> <laughs> uh but kiyoshi misses most of this plan to get revenge because she's just distracted by how uh bisexual she is that rangi's collar being disheveled and needing to be adjusted to cover the soft delicate skin of rangi's nape <laughs> that's just all <laughs> in the text that's not me that's not me uh changing the wording of the book that's just all in there
0: <laughs> i disagree the book does not use the word nape
1: <laughs> okay to be fair that's me knowing that part of the neck what it's called <laughs> uh still. So. uh but pretty much everything else is just straight in there. Just pulled from the text. <laughs> uh, and then she further cements just how bisexual she is by saying that she doesn't need revenge because she has uh, oh, no, a big I'm strong- No, I'm wrong. The book does use the word nape, it's just okay,
3: so I... page. Okay,
1: I was right, okay. But, yeah. but like I was saying, she further cements how bisexual she is by saying that she doesn't need revenge because she has a big strong lesbian hero like Rangi The Protector, which of course makes Rangi blush. <laughs> That's that is not what chapter. Rangi does. Okay, well I extrapolated that. <laughs> Rangi made a noise like she
0: wanted to vomit. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, wait like 10 chapters.
0: <laughs> yeah there you go. There you go. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll get there.,
3: <laughs> <sighs> okay., um I
0: don't know. I feel like it's a pretty slow opening, all things considered. Um, yeah,
1: it I mean, it really has to just establish like the where we are at in terms of laboratory. like they obviously don't like spend a lot of time on like the like world building in general, just because it's like, well, if you're reading this, most likely you've seen the show, so like you at least are familiar with the world like we don't have to explain what bending is like I, I hate to always use this comparison but like how like every one of the like first four fucking turf wizard books always have to explain the rules of the sport all the time <laughs> <laughs> but that's just something that comes up all the time it's like yep yeah, you know what bending is you know what this world is we're just establishing like what setting the setting at this point is and who yeah, the main this characters is a are a lot of table setting it's
2: yeah
0: I appreciate that they're not telling us the details of what bending is. That's great, but also we're still going real slow. It's no Animorphs, that's for sure.
1: Well, to be fair, there's like those early Animorphs books are basically like halfway through the book and the plot hasn't really started really happening yet. (laughs) Just because we're just because we're there more these days of like being like, okay, there's like maybe like two or three chapters that establish what's going on and then we get
3: right into it. That's not how that series began. Well, no,
0: but I mean, just in terms of sheer page count, like these these two chapters that we covered today was thirty pages. That's like mm-hmm. a third of
1: the way through an Animorphs book already. Actually, like in some cases, that's like halfway through an Animorphs book. because some of the books are like sixty-six pages long. They're pretty short. <laughs> I mean, the average chapter of Animorphs is like two and a half pages. Uh huh. And then they're like on like twenty-three chapters each. So it's like, yeah, that's, like, around 70 pages or so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, you have to, like, at least, like, you know, it, it's taking its time to establish, like, you know, Kelsang and Janju as these friends who are, like, trying to find a new avatar after their bud died. And then it's like, okay, well, now we're going to skip to, like, where we are currently with Kiyoshi being a servant to the avatar. <laughs> Even though, obviously, yeah. again, if you've seen the show, you know Kiyoshi's actually the one who's the avatar, and she just doesn't know it yet, but we'll get there. I mean, she is the one the book is named after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of cold The Rise of Kiyoshi. You would think that it's like, well, okay, well, if it was actually about just a servant girl, you would probably like explain the entire uh, course of events of how she had to struggle as a child until she finally got this job, and then she rose up into a higher position in the mansion. Well, now to be no, fair, it
0: is called avatar colon the last airbender and uh, right, uh, so maybe the avatar uh, is an airbender and kyoshi is just like a pirate queen that we're going to see the rise of
2: franchise
1: that's such a weird messed up name overall <laughs> <laughs> It's, a, it's not at all made easier by the fact that like if you just refer to it as the last airbender for like the original show it's like well are you talking about the actual show or are you talking about the M. Night Shyamalan movie or are you talking about the Netflix adaptation or are you talking about the expanded amount of books and stuff and it's like teeth Christ why can't you just rebrand this to just be like the world of Avatar or something <laughs>
0: Well, it's like Star Wars. It it runs in eras. you got your New Republic era, your High Republic era, your Old
3: Republic era, etc. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not better. <laughs> no. <laughs> if the eras had
0: distinct names, maybe, but when they're all republics, it's yeah, like... Yeah, you-
1: yeah, yeah yeah it's like you you you're saying that is me being like okay like which is which i know old republic is like the time of when like kotor takes place in But uh-huh. so like i couldn't tell is high republic like kind of like before the prequel movies happen yeah it's about 300 years before the prequels okay like relatively speaking like pretty much before even though it's like that's that's on like a cosmic scale which to be fair star wars is spread out over the course of like so many fucking hundreds of thousands of years at times like yoda is still there but he's a young man wait i mean to be fair at that point like yoda's like what like 600 or 500 so yeah. like young by his standards i guess because he's like 900 by the time luke meets him and he dies uh-huh. yeah
3: <laughs> I, I
1: can't even imagine yoda as anything but an old puppet man <laughs> to, to be fair like I guess, I guess it's like, is he just like how he is in the bad prequels where he's just doing a bunch of flips and shit all the time if he's in his prime? I don't sucks. know if
0: it's still canon anymore, but once upon a time there was a comic where young Yoda, like 20 years old, got stranded on a planet and he was stuck and had to figure out his own way. But since now that the Mandalorian has established that Yoda species are infants until they're at oh, least 50, yeah. I don't think...
1: Yeah, that's probably not canonical anymore. <laughs> yep. I mean, unless unless you're like saying like he's 20 and like what we perceive as being 20 years old, in reality he's like 120 or something. I guess maybe. <laughs> you know, it's it's like how like elves age in a sense where it's like, well, like an elf that's like 100, it's only really considered to be like a young adult by like normal mm-hmm. standards.
0: Yeah, this comic is about Yoda as a young hotshot pilot who falls who crashes on an uninhabited planet and has to like Steve Irwin survive his way through the wildlife. It's great.
1: I guess I just don't envision Yoda as being the kind of person who would be a hotshot pilot at some point in his life. (laughs) I I guess it's, again, it's just because he's so established as just being this, like, rickety old man who has to, like, stumble around with a, like, cane or something or be in, like, a floating chair. That I just can't envision him as being a guy who would be, like, yeah, I'm I'm, hotshot pilot, I am. (laughs) Or whatever. I, I don't know. That did seem so wrong in my head, but at the same time, again, every time we've seen Yoda in any movie, he's usually been this old man, except for, like, the one time he, like, can uh, still apparently fight with a lightsaber. Or I guess two times, because he does that in both those prequels. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's it's just an impossibility for me to actually think about him anyway any way else. But yeah. <laughs> Do we have anything else to really talk about these chapters? Because like I feel like it's mostly just like it's establishing stuff coming up. It's not a whole yeah. lot happens to them, I guess. Yeah. It's just mostly introducing the main few characters. But uh yeah, I don't think there's really much else.
0: Yeah, I think you're pretty much right. There's there's not a lot going on here. Um that will lead us into questions. Uh we have if you have questions for us at the time this episode was recorded you could have sent them to us at us weirdos cast 2 on twitter but we're not looking at that anymore because twitter <laughs> stinks so uh, you're gonna hear us say that in the future but uh don't listen yeah. it's lies
1: no i have i have basically just abandoned the, the twitter overall like my own personal twitter too it's been like at least like something like four weeks since i even looked at twitter so it's like fuck it it's bad it's a bad place
3: it sucks mm
0: yeah the 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 power of time travel has helped us to uh you know solve this issue so for future reference, if you would like to send us questions, you can do so at aspiro's on blue Sky or ospiro's on CoHost or aspiro's at gmail dot com but not Twitter
1: because we don't look at that no more yep we we might eventually continue return to it if you know they eventually manage to oust musk from fucking it up <laughs> mm hmm but who can say? <laughs> no, no, I hate this. You can't send me this photo of Yoda. I hate that he has hair. What the fuck? <laughs> why is he? Why does he has? Why is he? He has like fucking Noah from Xenoblade like three hair. It's all. It's like black hair and a ponytail. I hate it. I hate this. <laughs> This podcast is actually canceled now. We're not putting this episode out. I like, know we can't. We can't uh, spread. We can't spread hot
3: black-haired Yoda into the world. This is terrible. You think he's hot, huh? Someone finds him to
1: be hot. I would say. I think it's just because he has like the flowing locks or something like that. That that's where I went to in terms of describing it. <laughs> that 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 I mean that literally is just Noah's hair. <laughs> Let's be real. You don't you don't have that context. You haven't played Dental Blade Three, but that is just Noah's hair.
3: <laughs> no, no, I haven't.
1: But still. <sighs> Let's see if I can find a picture in Noah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, okay. There, um, there. See, that kind of looks like Noah's hair. That's just what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean I guess he also has a little bit of like a top knot in a sense. And yeah, that's he bad. definitely that's, does. That's bad. I don't like that. That feels appropriate-y. I get that the Jedi are already like kind of appropriate-y because they're like drawing the from camera. like Asian mysticism.
3: Yeah. Still. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um anyway, questions.
0: Uh 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 uh, uh us weirdos cast at Blue Sky. We have one question this week from also at Emma Healy, uh, gotta get it out of the way. What kind of bender would you like to be?
1: Oh, uh, dang, I'm trying to remember what my answer was back then. Uh, <laughs> I think at the time I'd said like waterbender or airbender, but that's also because like, that's just kind of how my play style is in like TTRPGs and like video games where I like being like the more supporty character. Mm-hmm i this not very often many times that i like playing like a tank character or like i guess a dps for the equivalent of like what the earthbender <laughs> or firebender would be but yeah no i i'd like i just like how like varied the uh like especially waterbending how like waterbending has like so many different aspects to it that we see in the shows because like you have like obviously like the basic water blast stuff you can turn it into ice by flash freezing it there's like the really more fucked up parts where you realize, hey, there's a lot of water in people's bodies, so you can puppet them around against their will. That's fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, to be fair, we find a lot of, like, a more, like, fucked uh, versions of of uh, bending forms in, like, across the course of the shows. <laughs> like, I mean, it, yeah, I guess lightning bending is kind of a fucked up way because it's like, well, you're already burning a person to death, but this way you're more just, like, electrocuting them, which is, uh, I guess, slightly better than burning them because burning is slow compared to electrocution you might kill them faster but like lightning's still like a thing that's really hard to try to avoid to be fair fires too
3: yeah
1: but like earthbending mostly has just like metal bending way later on and also like lava bending which to be fair not many people actually know lava bending like way more people figure out metal bending overall than lava bending but like that can be real fucked, cause it's like, well, I have a bit of dirt, and now I can spin it fast enough that it just becomes molten, uh, you know, ground, and that's <laughs> that's something you really can't do much to guard against, cause it's fucking lava. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. As I recall,
0: I mean, I I don't have strong emotions about this. Is the thing I will say that I always want to be something that has a subclass, so that kind of limits it to to fire and earth for me. But also, I don't, like, either way, uh, no strong emotions. Lightning is pretty cool, I guess, but also I don't want to work in the lightning mines in the basement of Republic City, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, I was even just thinking that too. It's like, well, there are a bunch of peop- uh, firebenders who are able to generate lightning that are just being used to work at a power plant.
0: <laughs> but on the other hand, I don't want to be a cop, and you've got to be a cop if you're a metal bender, so... <laughs>
1: Not, not every metal vendor is a cop. Uh, Su Yin Beifang who's introduced in season three, is not a cop. She she said fuck Republic City and went and made her own city. So it's like <laughs> she kind of runs the city. As a result, she's kind of oh, like oh, so you're either the ma- cop
0: or the president. I get it. Yeah, she, she's
1: more of the mayor, really. She's like an advisory role at that point when she's introduced, because like she founded Daofu Fu like some decades prior. So like she isn't like the one person in charge. Like she's kind of more just there being like, yep, no, I kind of just like observe things in the city and help offer guidance. <laughs> but to be fair i mean her mom and her her half sister are definitely cops because she's she's tops other daughter so she kind of has cop in her blood a little bit but she's not a cop cop compared to the two of them but uh, i don't
0: know the child of a cop is not necessarily a cop it's not a genetic condition but true (laughs) yeah
1: i mean also like and not to spoil season three more, but like Korra actually metal bends in season three, and then later on in four as well. So like she's now, like. I guess the Avatar is kind of the most cop in a sense. <laughs> they are literally being a world police in a in a manner of speaking. Sort
0: of, but I don't really think that's true because the Avatar is, in theory, supposed to be more about like community-oriented solutions and like problem solving. I guess the Avatar yeah. doesn't have a jail that they just roll up and throw people in.
1: Yeah, but they do kind of have the authority to, like, kill people when need be, if they're a threat to the world.
0: <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but everyone has the authority to kill people when they're a threat to the
3: world. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, uh, I don't really want to spoil how fucked
1: airbending can be, but there's definitely a thing in course Season 3 that shows, yeah, oh yeah, you can figure out a really fucked up way to airbend stuff. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but is it just using air bending in a messed up way, or is it an entire separate branch of bending? Because that's what I want.
1: It's it's using it in a messed up way. It's actually not like yeah, see. it's not yeah, like it's not like uh, you know, like it's the equivalent of like lava bending or metal bending. It's it's just literally making a person not be able to breathe. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's like oh, you have all that air inside your body. Nope, no, you don't. Not anymore.
0: <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's the really obvious way to do it. If, if you yeah. Can control air bending all you have to do well i mean i'm not going to say all you have to do because this would be incredibly difficult but like if you were to deoxygenate the cells in the bloodstream you could just instantly
1: cause someone to explode <laughs> <laughs> true i think we established that in another episode as well i think you brought that up or it might have just been the time where we were just talking in general about stuff like that and you're like yeah you could do that <laughs> yeah just mess with relative air
0: pressure and you can pop people like balloons
1: yeah. I mean, again, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, the show is trying to be a little bit, like, more kid-friendly and that kind of stuff, even if there's sometimes where it kind of dips into, like, oh, that's actually how fuck bending can be. Uh, As we'll see in the future, this book also really embraces how fuck bending can be.
2: Yep. At any rate, I know.
0: think, ultimately, I'm gonna have to come down on the side of fire, sheerly because you don't have to have that around true yeah like Earth like bending airbending. is cool and all but if i'm gonna do something cool and then it leaves a 12 foot pit in the middle of the street that's a problem
1: yeah that's that's something i always th- this is also how my brain works but anytime that like somebody is like doing that and like ripping up the road especially in republic city it's always me being like well i guess they could fix that with more bending but like if they don't have somebody who's skilled enough to do that that's just staying there <laughs>
0: Yeah, and they also need material, right? Because, like, yeah. sure, you could just push stuff over and fill the hole, but then you've dropped the entire level of that area by six inches.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, it's, and, you know, waterbending, much the same way. Like, that's why, like, you have the characters, like, that are just carrying a water skin around all the time, since so they actually have access to that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Which I still very much also appreciate that they just reference that directly in <laughs> Owl House of Family's old jar. <laughs> which again is kind of goofy because there's times where like she can just pull like abomination goo out of the ground at times and it's totally fine (laughs) but at times she has to actually like be seen with her jar on her just for the sake of having it more rationalized i guess well maybe the stuff that she carries with
0: her is like
1: made in the lab so it's higher quality maybe yeah like maybe it's the kind of stuff they use to make abominations and stuff compared to like the general abominations yeah, that are pretty easy to deal with to the point where a, a weak little human girl could just punch one in the face and break it. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but yes. Um. Oh, well, thank you very much for your question, M. Um. Normally,
0: we would do a freaks Take at this point. We got a question, so we would do one of those questions. But the problem is that because of time travel, I have no idea which one we did on this episode. So I yeah. can't really... <laughs> like, I could give you one, but then it runs the risk of us using it again later. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Or having already used it. There's no way to know. So yeah, I think they... in the interest of safety and in the interest of we're already pretty much at a like a two-hour mark, uh, I think we're going to skip it today.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Also, like I think we only had like one left as of where we left off. In
0: well, yeah, but that's in right? the future. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, but that's why I said where we left off. I think we only had the one. So you were like, oh shit, I got to figure out something here as an alternative to these frigsticks.
3: Yeah,
1: well, I mean, what I'm talking
0: about here is that I'm not reusing the one that we did for this episode like I did for the question that we did for this episode yeah. because I wouldn't know which one to use so.
3: mm-hmm. at
0: any rate I think that'll pretty much bring us to the close for our first episode of Avatar colon The Last Airbender colon mm-hmm. Avatar colon The Avatar Chronicles colon Avatar colon The Rise of Kyoshi uh, <laughs> if you have enjoyed this episode you can find me on Twitter at Patch underscore Jacket on Blue Sky at Nobody Adams that's Adams with two D's or on co-host at Nobody. I'm also on several games for All On The Table RPGs, which can be found at twitch.tv slash rpgs, or on YouTube at the same time. Uh, I think in the next few episodes, you're gonna hear me say a different address. That, ep- that address is not correct. We moved to a different, more effectively branded one to better our SEO, so.
2: Yay, hey,
1: <laughs> SEO. Speaking of SEO, since I said fuck Twitter, uh I'm found at the same place on both the other sites I'm still on, because you can just find me at Able Vivian on coast and Blue Sky. I don't even think we had Blue Sky accounts for us nor the podcast by the time we first started recording this episode. <laughs> I think first that time. Is correct. Yeah, I think we I think that was more of a like uh the last not the last few weeks, but the last few months thing that we did. Something but yeah. like that, yeah. Um yep. but yeah, follow us there. I post there with the uh podcast account and everything, that's where I share updates and stuff. Cause again, fuck Elon Musk and fuck Twitter. Huh. Maybe one day Twitter can be saved, but currently as it is, it seems like he really wants to just fuck it fully into the dirt since he wants to get rid of the hashtags now. I think we should nationalize it. But that's a longer conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah if if God it's still like a thing of like how the fuck has like the government not stepped in a little bit to be like, yo, what the fuck, you gotta stop. Mm-hmm. Well they have. It's just that the way the government
0: steps in is with FTC lawsuits and he doesn't care about getting sued. Yeah, yep.
3: <laughs> hey. all right. Um
0: Anyway, I think that'll do it for us today here at Us Beardos. So actually we need to talk about this. How do we want to do our outro? Because when we first recorded this, yeah, we were still yeah, to still together, but
1: I was thinking of that too, yeah. <laughs> because, like all of our other episodes from like episode like uh episode three through nine of Kiyoshi is still gonna have us with the strike ending part to it, even though the strike's over by the time they air.
0: Okay. Tell you what, let's 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 stick with that since that's the time frame that we're currently in thanks to time travel, but uh you know, the <laughs> listeners know.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, we we have to blend in with uh the mon- with the with the time that this is, uh back when the strikes were still going on. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, it, unlike Marty McFly wearing all black everything with sunglasses to blend in and not be conspicuous, we, have to, we actually have to try to blend in. I mean, I wear all black everything with sunglasses,
0: not unfrequently. That's how I yeah, blend
1: in. Yeah, but, but that's because that's like the 2020s. He was in 1985 or 1955 trying to not stand out and be noticed by anybody, especially his like. Uh, alternate self who's there at the same time, and meanwhile, he's just wearing like full black everything with a hat and everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like that is the most noticeable.
0: <laughs> but at any rate, I think there's not much left for us to say, but remember, yeah, us Beardos have, have to, to, strike to strike together.
3: together. Bye. Bye.